the taller or the the taller the building, the deeper and the stronger the foundation. So when you see our church, which has traveled to over 90 nations of the earth and is still moving on with missionaries everywhere, with buildings and cathedrals, what you should know is that there is something behind the scene that is working. And you may not know because many of us are new in the church. And then many of us have also been around for a long time, but you may not know certain things. Hallelujah. Especially when you're in America. You know, when you're in America, you feel that the whole world is America. They say, so... That's why prophet is always encouraging you to travel outside America. You understand the world better. And you understand the word of God also better. So I believe that um, before we go home, I should let you know certain foundations upon which this ministry is standing on so that we know what we are on then we can confidently build upon. Hallelujah. And the foundation that I'm talking about, the foundation of the word of God. The word of God is our foundation. Paul said that no other foundation can any man lay except that which is laid of Christ. And that foundation is Christ, is Jesus. Jesus is the word. The Bible said the whole word is hanging on the efficacy of his word. So when God called a prophet in 1988, right, he gave him certain pillars or foundations to build a ministry. And over the years, he has been building on that foundation. Hallelujah. You see, anything that is working, all right, anything that is working has a foundation or a pillar or a wisdom key. Say wisdom key. Yes. So when I say foundation, it means a wisdom key. When I say pillars, it means a wisdom key. You see, when you see someone who is happy in his marriage or has been married for a long time, and they are still together and they are happy. There must be some wisdom secrets. Do you understand what I'm saying? There must be some wisdom secrets that you may not know. And sometimes until you get closer, you wouldn't even see. I mean, recently we had an opportunity to be with Prophet and he was telling us some things. I mean, we couldn't I, I, just, I just realized that, hey, we have been with our prophet for years. It's like we don't know this aspect of him. And he was teaching us. We're just a few people. And he was teaching us. You understand my message. Yeah, but I won't tell you because it is not for your hearing. 
So like you can be with somebody for a very long time until he tells you certain things. You wouldn't know the foundation on which he is standing on. You wouldn't know why his marriage is nice, why he has survived many things. Do you understand? And sometimes people don't even know their own secrets. Yes. That is, that is one thing that makes our prophet's ministry quite unique. That everything that he knows and he is doing, he's able to pick it up and put it in a book. So that's why every pastor is in love with his books. Every pastor, irrespective of the denomination, is that when you take the book, it's so practical because there are many great men of God, but hardly would you find any of them with a book that gives you the secrets to their ministry and the steps. They preach a nice sermon. I mean, there are some men of God, when you listen to them, you are just happy by the time you end listening to them, you don't know what to do. You are just happy and encouraged. You understand? Yes. I have a man of God that the day I want to be happy, I just listen to him. And I don't need to take a note because there's nothing to write. You just have to hear the words and you encourage and you are strengthened and you are empowered. Excitement for that very moment. After that is finished. Nothing to do. But you see, we want things to do. Like disciples said to Jesus, teach us how, how to pray, how. Show us the house. And prophet is always showing us the house. How many have realized that in our church, we know how, how, how to do things. Yes. Yes. How to be a strong Christian, how to be this, how to pray. How to, I mean, there's, there's house to everything. How to preach salvation. How to be born again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, Proverbs chapter 9 verse 1. Proverbs 9 verse 1. It says, Wisdom. Proverbs 9 1, brother. Why are you still in Proverbs 9 1. Is, is there a problem with your bar? Uh, your, has Barros entered your computer or what? Hey, look at where. <laughs> we bind every virus in Jesus' name. Wisdom has built her house. Say, wisdom has built her house. And she has hewn out her seven pillars. Can you have another version? Wisdom has built her house. You see? Wisdom has built her house. She has made it seven pillars. She has made it seven pillars. You see, so every wise man has pillars. Every company, Apple, whatever, Amazon, whatever they are called, they have pillars. At least seven pillars. Say seven pillars. Seven is the number perfection. Complete perfect. Wisdom has built a house 
and the house is turning on seven pillars, seven pillars. So this morning and this afternoon, I want to give you seven pillars of this ministry. There are, there are many pillars. You see, in building, I'm sure some architects will tell us, in buildings, we have different types of pillars. Some pillars are just for division, for the sake of creating rooms. When those pillars are not there, it doesn't affect the building. But there are some pillars that must be there. If it's not there, you can't build. Hallelujah. Do you want to know these seven pillars? Are you sure you want to know these seven pillars? It looks like the people here, they don't want to hear. So maybe I should just come here and preach to the people who are in this, on this side. All right, sit down. Now, so those outside, are you here or you have gone home? Okay. All right. You are the VIP, so enjoy yourself over there. Hallelujah. So I'm going to share with you about these pillars, or you can call it foundations. But they are mighty, they are master pillars. You see, if we want to create some rooms here, we just have to get maybe two or three pillars here. We just create it, and then that's it. Do some block work, and the rooms are done. That's all. So they are, they are, they are pillars, but they are not mighty pillars. The mighty pillars are the ones that are at the corners, from the ground to the upper. Do you understand my message? Yes. So I'm sharing with you mighty pillars or mighty foundations. And I want you to hold on to this foundation because if you can, if you can, you'll be a great minister in this ministry. You will rise up and become a mighty man of God in this ministry. Amen. You will become a notable minister, not only here, but all over the world. Because you know the foundation upon which you are standing on and you have decided that you are not going to remove yourself or remove any of these foundations from your ministry. Now, the first foundation or the first pillar I want to talk about is the foundation or the pillar of sacrifice. Say sacrifice. Say sacrifice. Hallelujah. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, Paul says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish. Foolishness. But unto us, which are saved, it is power of God. The power of God. You see, the power of God comes through sacrifice. And there is nobody who can walk in power and operate in the power of God without the foundation of sacrifice. 
Anybody who you see operating under the power of God has this foundation. And the difference between a powerless Christian and a powerful Christian is this foundation of sacrifice. A powerless Christian has no foundation of sacrifice. And that is one of the reasons why today we have so many Christians in church who are powerless. They love God, but there's no power in their lives. They believe in God, but they don't have this foundation of sacrifice. And for that reason, they are powerless. And little, little demons are harassing them every now and then. We have nice sisters who are virgins physically, but spiritually they are not virgins. Somebody comes to make love with them every week. Somebody comes to abuse them every night, molest them, rape them, do all kinds of things, sexually harass them. Because it's, 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 you are powerless. And that is because you lack the foundation of sacrifice. Sacrifice. The symbol of Christianity is the cross. And the cross represents sacrifice. That is our power. That's why Paul said that it is the power of God unto salvation. That where salvation is not just being saved, but to deliverance, to healing. Hallelujah. And so it is important that you understand that there is a foundation called sacrifice. And until you make sure that there is enough sacrifices in your life as a Christian and as a minister, you will not operate under a certain level of God's power. Hallelujah. Now, there are four appointments. Okay? That every Christian appointment of sacrifice, every Christian must, must have spiritual appointments. Amen. Luke chapter 40, verse 26. It says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children, and brethren, and sisters, and yea, his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. Living for Jesus isn't easy. Uh -huh. Don't be you see, when you read this scripture, it's almost like Jesus doesn't want anybody to follow him. Because the list here is what? Your father, mother, wife, children, brethren, sisters, then your own life also. Your own life also. Amen. It's the smallest. 
But I can tell you that anybody who has followed the Lord, including myself, eh, and has gained a certain level of power and authority in Christ, have to obey this scripture or have to obey this scripture. Oh, yes. There's, there's nobody, there's no body, unless there's a, the person is a powerless Christian or a powerless man of God. As soon as you can sense power, remember that there has been a living of father, mother, wife, children, brethren, sisters, and then his own life. Else you cannot, you cannot be the disciple of God. And what are the signs that you're a disciple of Christ is anointing. The, 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 the believers were first called Christians because their deeds were like Christ. They saw the anointing on their lives. They said, ah, you people, you are called the anointed ones. Christian means anointed ones. So Jesus said, you cannot be as anointed as I am if you are not prepared to make certain sacrifices. Hallelujah. And I tell you, Jesus will never lower this standard for anybody. He will not make any excuse for anybody who wants to become his disciple and operate at the level at which he was operating. Hallelujah. So you have to really understand that Christianity is about sacrificing. But you see, there are actually four things that anybody who is going to be used by God, all right, or anyone who is going to be a disciple of Christ must meet. We call it your spiritual appointments. You can't escape them. It's a must appointment. You can't make excuses for them. Amen. And so these appointments are number one, losing, sacrificing, suffering, and dying. Hallelujah. Everyone stay after me. Losing, sacrificing, suffering, and dying. Hallelujah. Now let's take them one by one. Your appointment with loss and losing. Matthew 16, 25. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. That's the irony. Whosoever, say whosoever. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your level of education and who your family is. Whosoever, whosoever, it doesn't matter where you live, where you live, will save his life. Is that when you save your life, you lose your life. And then whosoever will lose his life for my sake. Remember the word for my sake. 
Because after that, you lose your life for your boyfriend. Or you lose your life for, your, for the sake of your girlfriend. Or even your parents. But Jesus said, for my sake. If it is for my sake. If it is for my sake. Huh? If you are losing your life for my sake. You will find it. You will find it. That is the first appointment. For every one of you. There is something to lose. If you are not prepared to lose anything. You can't be in the ministry. And you can't follow Jesus Christ. And you can't be his disciple. There are things to lose. I'm telling you. And at the basic level. The basic level. At the basic level. Alright. You have to lose some friends. Is that Nayeli? Is it Nayeli? You made it. Wow, I'm happy to see you. Years ago, hmm, I had a lot of bad friends. I mean, I had grown up with them, my childhood friends. They were all thieves. Drunkards in drugs, they were dealing drugs. Those were my friends, and we, we were all footballers as well. <laughs> oh, yes. We will go around stealing people's chickens. Look, don't pretend as they are, I, I, you, you are better than me. Let's not go there. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> we were hardened criminals, bad boys in the area. And we used to terrorize people's homes and families. When things get lost, they know that it could be this guy, but you dare not come and ask us. The day I gave my life to Christ, I was on my way to a drinking bar. We used to drink and drink and drink and drink and drink all the time. Fridays were our best days. We used to call it, thank God it is Friday. Then I became born again. Now when I became born again, I started going to church. I mean our church, Lighthouse then. And I was going. And I thought that after giving my life to Christ, I was going to stop all this nonsense automatically. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Therefore, all things have passed and all things have become new. So I said, Lord, 
make me new. Osmosis. But I realized that it was not like that at all. So I became frustrated that I'll go to church and you know what, sit down. You know what? My area, because I was noted as a notorious boy, do you understand? I couldn't really identify myself that I'm born again. Because I remember the first Sunday I was going to church. Everybody came and lined up on my street. And they were all shouting. It's like, what a shock. So now when I was going to church, I had to dress as though I'm going to the shop or somewhere. You know, those days in Ghana, it's like to be a gentleman. When you dress, you tuck in. You tuck in your shirt. It's one of the things we were taught. You tuck in your shirt. You don't leave your shirt on like that. So now I'll leave my shirt on. Then I wouldn't want anybody to see that I'm holding a Bible. So I'll put the Bible in a black plastic bag. Then I'll be walking like this. Because I wouldn't want them to see. The intimidation was too much. They say, hey, if he is going to church, then the word has come to an end. So I had to do that until I'm out of my area zone. Then I would take the Bible out of the plastic bag, pack in, and I will walk as a Christian to church. But I will go to the church. Then when I come back, I'll come and mess up with these guys again and drink again. And they'll be laughing at me. So I became so frustrated that one day I went to church. And after church, I just said, no, I want to talk to my pastor. My pastor then was called Bishop Kakrabedin. Oh, yes. So I booked an appointment to meet him. In fact, I remember I stayed waiting for him for almost three hours. Those of you cannot wait to see your pastor. It's part of the sacrifice. I'm just, I'm just, if you see me standing, I'm just showing you one of the foundations. Sacrifice. There's something to lose else you become nothing in the kingdom of God. So I went to my pastor. I remember sitting there. He said, what is your name? He said, my name is Frank. So what can I do for you? I said, pastor, I have given my life to Christ, but I'm not changing. I want to be a serious Christian, but I'm struggling. I stopped drinking, but every now and then I'll go back and drink again. Then he said, do you drink with your friends or you drink alone? I said, with my friends. When I'm alone, I don't drink. They come and take me to go and drink. And you know what? Satan, Satan is very wicked, though. You don't need to have money to drink. You don't need to have money to smoke. You don't need to have money to have drugs. It will be given to you free of charge. If it can destroy you, you don't need to buy it. It will be thrown at you. Yes. You see somebody is just, and then he'll pass it to you. You see that say, oh, why do you need a bottle? Come on, get to one more bottle. 
free of charge. But if it is food, they will never buy it for you. Tell someone, Satan is wicked. I was not working, but I would always drink. Because free, free, enough. So he said to me that the first thing you have to do is to get rid of all these friends. I said, how can I do that? Because I grew up all my life. These are the people I've known. Those are the boys. So then he said to me that you may have to even relocate. I said, wow, relocate. I didn't know that when you come to follow the Lord, there's relocation. So I said to him, Pastor, I'll do what you are telling me. I took a decision and left that area, that whole area, to go and live with my auntie. That's how I stopped drinking. Telling you. The Bible says, do not be deceived. First Corinthians. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good manners. First Corinthians 15, 33. Don't be deceived. Don't, those of you who think that, oh yeah, I mean, it's a matter of choice. I'm with them, but I'll not be with them. I'll not do their things yet. Do not be deceived. Evil communication. The NIV is a bad company. It corrupts good manners. Don't trivialize this principle. Your company affects you. Your association affects you negatively or positively. Hallelujah. I remember when BH finished university and then he said he wanted to be a missionary. His mother said that it's because of your friend Frank. It's because of your friend Frank. That's why you are taking such a decision. I mean, what do you expect? If he's close to me and we are friends and we are always together and I'm a missionary, why would you not be a missionary? So those of you who are with BH, you have to know that if you don't become a missionary, then your relationship with him is fake. Oh, yes. Iron sharpened iron. Hallelujah. You see, Bible said David died in a good old age, full of riches. Full of riches and honor. And his son Solomon reigned in his stead. Now, if you were Amon poor and you had to interview David, you would say that, what has been your secret? King David. Who fought many battles and many wars, but he was never wounded even once or lost a battle. Never. He had many challenges, but he survived. He made a mistake and even went for somebody's wife. Impregnated her. Disgraced himself. Lost the child. Still, he died in a good old age, 
full of riches and honor. His own son and children rose up against him. He said, my own son Absalom, whom I brought forth out of my bowels, have lifted and seeketh for my life. He went through many difficulties, yet he survived. He survived so much that the Holy Spirit wrote about him and said, David, a man after God's own heart. David, what would you say is your secret? What would you say is your secret? The first thing he wrote, Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man. You want to know why I'm blessed? Why I have lived long? Why I have survived many things? Why I have died in a good old age? Full of riches? Many people die broke, but I died full of riches. You want to know that secret? This is what I have to tell you. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the council of the ungodly. It means that a blessed man, if you want to be blessed in this life, you have to walk in the counsel of the godly. You must have godly people around you who will be speaking to you every now and then. He said, that's my first secret. My company, the people I work with, they are people who are full of God in themselves, that when they speak, they speak of God. They speak of God's counsel and God's intents. You can never become anything if your company is not godly. And that is why it's the first step to your greatness and to your survival as a Christian to get rid of certain friends because when you are not born again, you are not born again because of the kind of environment you are living in. That is what I said. Come ye among them. Be ye separate and touch no unclean thing. And I'll be your God and you shall be my sons and daughters. There must be a separation. Friends to lose. Boyfriends to lose. Girlfriends to lose. I'm in love with you, baby. But I got to go. I got to go. I got to leave you. To follow my Jesus. Is there anybody who speaks Portuguese? You don't speak Portuguese. When I got here, one of my church members sent me a message. I would like to read a message to you. Uh -huh. Take your seat. He said, Hola, Bishpo, como esta? Bishpo Frank. 
eu estava numa relação que me desvia de casar do Senhor, tive que romper para meu bem estar estou um pouquinho triste, porque eu gostava da pessoa. You are saying, wow, I don't understand what is going on. I see you becoming international. Very soon, you'll be speaking an international language. Now he said, hello, Bishop. How are you? Bishop Frank, I was in a relationship that diverted me from the house of the Lord. I had to break up for my well-being. I'm a little sad because I like this person. Living for Jesus, it is easy. Don't be afraid, for he is faithful. Take up your cross, follow me. Deny yourself, follow me. Take up your cross if you wanna. So this is my reply. Estar bem com você. É um bom preço a pagar para garantir a sua salvação e seu futuro. So I said, it is fine with you. It is a good price to pay to secure your salvation and your future. Then I quoted Matthew chapter 30, verse 39. Quem acha sua vida? Pede lá a quem? Todavia, pede a vida por minha coisa, acha lá. Acha lá. It means he that saves his life shall lose it. But he that loses my life for my sake shall find it. Ashala shall find it. Dig up again. Ashala. You are learning Portuguese today. Oh, sin. Then I continued. Seguir Jesus significa que você tem que perder alguma coisa. Following Jesus means you have to lose something. You have to lose something. Hmm? Ashallah, yeah. I'm, I'm just showing my, my conversation with my, my church member. I hope we don't have a problem. Then I continue. Mas todo o que você perder por casa dele, você o achará. Good morning, 
Deus tem um marido melhor para você. Não fica triste. I said, but whatever you lose because of him, you will find. God has a better husband for you. Don't be sad. Are you here? Go home. Then he said, Obrigada, bispo, pelos conselhos. Bispo, mas ele não aceita. He said, Bishop, thank you very much for your counseling. But he is not accepting it. Oh, yes. You see, men don't want to be losers. Even when they don't like you, because you are leaving them, they don't like it. That's why if you're a sister, be wise. Once, once the breakup is not from him, and you are breaking up, he will not give up. He have triggered his ego. Then I said, eh, it's your decision. It's not his decision. Then he said, sing. Eu decidi terminar porque preciso de um tempo para me aparar a servir a Deus. Eu sinto-me muito distante da casa de Deus por causa dele. He said, yes, I have decided to end the relationship with him. I need time to serve my God. I feel that I have been very far from the house of God and from God because of him. Then he said, Boy, determiner, I have broken up. Then I said, Court told us as formas de comunicação com ele, senão seria difícil. Cut all forms of communication with him, else you'll not be able to leave him. Then he said, Ja, I have done so. Diga, say Ja. It's like I've done it already. Yes. You see, whosoever, it doesn't matter, there is something to lose. He said, I like him. It's not that you are he's a, he's a ghost or some foolish boy. But I have to follow my Jesus. Hi, James. Hi, James. I think you should come and sing James for us. It's a long time you heard this song. Because you know why I'm taking my time to say this? Because there are some people here. Uh, there's somebody you must lose in your life. There is a friend you must lose. There is somebody you must walk away. There is somebody you must say bye-bye in order to follow Jesus, in order to become a disciple of Jesus. It is a foundation you cannot miss. It's the first foundation to have. And I'm saying that this ministry is standing on the foundation of sacrifice. My dear, sing James for us. It's a long time we heard the words of James. Hi, James. 
so glad you could make it here tonight for this meeting. But can you excuse for one second? Because I just need to do something before I talk to you. Sit down. I know it sounds kind of funny because of the way we've been. But I want to pray first. Let us pray. Or, you know what? Let me pray. Oh God, help me, please help me. I want to serve you, I really do. I want to follow you. Please help me. Please give me the Holy Spirit. I know that only you can make me strong. Today I have to do what is right. Because I don't want to fall into this mess again. The hour has come and the seed must fall into the ground and die. I know you have made me strong enough to do this. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I had to meet you here today. There's just so many things to say. I really need to set things right. You have to go and set some things right after here. I'm here to speak the word of God. We've been living in sin so long. We both know it's not a We're meeting here today. This relationship is wrong. Oh, yeah. I've been pregnant three, four times. Aborting babies is just too bad. I feel sick because I have sinned. My hands are covered in so much blood. Ooh, I cannot do this anymore. Let's just quit and say goodbye. For so long we've been together, but I won't be seeing you anymore, oh no, I can't stop crying as I speak, I've been crying all week long. 
a message to you you will not find me in those places no 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 all those places where we went if you're looking out for me Hallelujah. Thank you. After here, somebody, you will take your phone and say, bye-bye, James. I have just found one of, the, my, one of my foundations to be a Christian and to follow the Lord. Hallelujah. Sacrifice. Got to lose something. I lost all my friends. All of them. I had to relocate to a new place. I had to take new friends. In fact, I was so determined that I moved, even after I went to stay with my auntie, I now moved to come and stay with somebody who was just living close to church. It was just one single room. I would sleep on, his, on the floor. And from that time, I just walked to church to go and pray. I'll be there in prayer. I just finished high school. I was waiting to go to university. Let me tell you something. If you're not prepared to lose, there's so much to lose. 
You know, when I finished high school, I had decided that every bad thing I had not done before, I was going to do it before I go to university. Because now I finished high school and I, I passed very well. Yes. I had never had a girlfriend before. I went to chase a certain sister. She kept saying, no, 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 no. After I had become born again, one month after born again, she said yes. Tell someone, Satan is wicked. I have stopped talking to her for about one month. Only to show up one day and said, that thing you told me about a month ago, I have decided to say yes to it. And that this Friday, I'm coming to spend some time with you. Yes. And you know what? I thought about it. And I said, Lord, why this time? You know I'm not strong. I'm going to backslide. And I'll come back to you. So that Friday, I said, I'll be at home. I'll be waiting for you. Fortunately for me, we had, no, we had all nights. Half all nights. From 6 p.m. to 12 midnight. And I was not going to go. Because of this girl who was coming. Then suddenly my shepherd showed up. He showed up in my house. He said, Frank, I'm going to wait for all night. I decided to pick you so that we go along. Hey! The Bible says that God will not allow us to be tempted beyond. But in every temptation, he provides a way of escape. That was my way of escape. I told her that I'm not well. I'm not going to church today. You see, but a good and experienced shepherd knows that many excuses are empty. She pulled me along to church. I was not happy, but I had to follow her. When we got to church, I sat at the back. Those of you are always sitting at the back. Because my plan was after some time we'll escape and nobody will see me. But some way, somehow, as I was sitting there, I had adjusted myself. I fell into deep sleep. I slept out. When I woke up, everybody was in front there. And Bishop Kaka was praying for people. And I was the only one sitting at the back. I was wondering where I was. Then suddenly, Bishop Kaka said, that boy at the back, sitting at the back, come to me. I thought somebody was, he was talking about someone that was looking around. I was the only one sitting at the back. I wanted to get up and run away. I said, this man is coming to embarrass me because he has seen me sleeping from the time I came to now. 
Before I could run away, the ashes had come for me. And there I was standing in front. My heart was beating. He said, lift up your hands. For the first time in my life, you know, I was one of those people that I said, me, if you pray for I will never fall. Because, because I used to think that when you fall, you, you have witchcraft. So as soon as he was coming to pray for me, I, I stood like this. Instead of standing like this, I stood like this. And I had in my head. He didn't need to even touch me. I fell, I went vertically. It's like the Holy Ghost allowed me. The ashes were not even because it's like, just time, lift up your hand. I went straight like, boom! Rolling on the floor. Screaming. Vomiting. I tell you. For 15 minutes, he was just delivering me. And you know, the church was, was under construction. The whole floor was dust. So I bathed myself with the dust. After the service, I felt light. I felt something has gone out of me. Finally, I got home. As soon as I was entering my house, they told me that somebody had been waiting for you. Hey! Who is this person who has been waiting for me? To a certain fine girl. Say a certain fine girl. He has been waiting for me. My heart was beating. Finally, she saw me. When she saw me, she saw the dust all over my body. And I said, Frank, What's wrong with you? I said, I went to church and the pastor delivered me. Immediately he said, I'm going home. I said, oh, it's late. So no, I'm going home. We organized a taxi for her, and that was it. I was about to break my virginity that night. Listen to me, my dear friends. Today, if you see me standing here, I have that foundation. Sacrifice. I have to let a lot of things go. I'm telling you, and if you can't, some of you, you are in the wrong relationship. Anytime you are with a person, you will just do things and become so powerless and feel that the presence of God is no more with you. Then you will say, this thing, it won't happen again, but it keeps happening. If you can't lose, you can't gain. I'm telling you. After school, I had an opportunity to travel to the UK. 
that me and my beloved, we had made a plan. We will go work for a year and come back to Ghana and be in the ministry. And then prophet said, no, don't go, stay. Part of me had already gone. My beloved had gone for her visa. She was already there. I said, yes, daddy. I stayed. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to know something. As God can never trust you with his power. No, no, he can't. It is the power. It is the losing is what brings power. Power. You know, in 2 Kings chapter 3, from verse 26, 25, the king of Moab was at war with the Israelites. And they were losing the battle. I mean, they were losing the battle. As the Israelites were coming and slaying them, he took his own son and sacrificed him, slaughtered him. When the Israelites saw it, they said, ha, this is a crazy guy. Let's go. Let's stop this fight. He just went away. You see, the losing, the losing of a son is what brought deliverance to the Moabites. It releases power. Yes. That's what Jesus was giving a name that is about every other name. So learn to lose things, including comfort. Comfort. You can't be fruitful. You can't be a mega church pastor if you are looking for comfort. You see, I've been in America since Thursday. I've not been to anywhere. It's just church and home, church and home, church and home, church and home. Tomorrow I'm leaving after church. Oh, yeah, I didn't come here for comfort. Driving, going here from Boston to here, going there like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are into comfort. You sleep a lot. You eat a lot. Your stomach cannot be excused. Something has entered the stomach. You want God to use you? You want to be a great man of God? A great man of God? You want to have many fruits? My friend. You can't be too comfortable. You can't be resting all the time. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Blessed are they that die in the Lord. Henceforth they shall rest from their labors, and their works shall follow them. It's when you die that you rest from your labors. But here, there is no rest. We got to keep fighting. Keep doing the work of God, serving God, inconveniencing yourself. Hallelujah. So losing and then suffering. Say suffering. Sit down. Appointment with suffering. Philippians 1, 29 and 30. 
it says, and we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith so that no man be disturbed by, by these afflictions. For you yourself know that we have been destined for this. Paul said, you, you know that we have been destined to suffer. Suffering. Hallelujah. Suffering is part of serving God. You have to suffer. You see, like this girl who sent me, she's suffering from broken hearts. I really do like him. I really do like him. But being with him takes me away from God. Suffering. You have to learn to suffer loneliness. You don't have friends anymore. You feel alone. You don't have anybody to send you night messages that will send you to giggling. That you are in your bed alone. And... <laughs> this day, when you are in bed, you take your phone. Nobody has sent a message. Every five seconds, you open your WhatsApp message to see. Zero messages. It looks like the people sitting here, they don't know what I'm talking about. Listen, if you have to suffer anything for the sake of Christ, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Yes. He said, for you yourself, you know, you know that we must suffer these things. Amen. Then he said, for unto you, it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. Look, if I tell I've not suffered in Mozambique, I'm, I'm lying to you. I mean, how can you be a mission and you won't suffer? How can you go to a country that you don't know anybody, anybody there? You don't know anybody there. You don't even know their language. They don't speak English. You will suffer. But it's part of the calling. I could have run away like many other missionaries who go on mission and run away. I remember when my wife had to join me. I tell you, when she was coming, I said, bring a lot of Gary. Do you know Gary? You don't, if you don't know Gary, don't worry. I'm like, go and research on it. Cassava flakes. Otherwise known as cassava flakes. When you eat it, all you, all you need is water for the rest of the day. The more you drink the water, the more the food fills up your stomach. Yes. Hunger 
There were many times I was fasting, not because I was led by the Spirit. I was led by hunger. You can't be eat your food there. I'm talking about suffering. You go for evangelism, you can't talk to anybody. One day I went for evangelism for six hours. Not even one soul. Nobody speaks English. You talk to them, they are looking at you like, on that day I went for evangelism I walked six hours by the time I realized I've lost my way back home it took me three more hours to locate my house because when I asked people for address then they would take me to another place because they don't understand my English tell someone what have you been through what have you suffered and what have you survived? Hallelujah. Suffering means you'll be subject to pain, distress, loss, injury, or something unpleasant. Suffering means you will experience adversity, affliction, hardship, and misery in your life. Suffering means you will go through misfortune, discomfort, and difficulty. I'm just teaching from losing, suffering, sacrifice, and dying. Suffering means you will be tormented, be tortured, and experience adversity. Yeah, that's what it means. That's what it means. Paul said in Acts 14, verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. And that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. We must, through much tribulation, enter much suffering, enter into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So those of you who don't want to suffer and you're always complaining and murmuring. We have some missions complaining this as a look at you. Shame on you. When we came to Christ, where we promised comfort. Suffering. Yes. Even now, I'm still suffering. After the suffering, it's not like you suffer some time after that, everything is happy. No, 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 no. To every level, every level you want to reach, there's a place, there's a price to pay, the price of suffering. You have to suffer something. Yes. You have to suffer something. You have to have some misery, some experiences. It's part of following Christ. And that's what releases power. And that's how God is going to use you. It's part of our work with God. So don't be complaining and be saying things as though somebody has forced you to come and follow Christ. Like one sister who had been in the world down until she became born again. She came to give her testimony. And as she was giving her testimony, you should see how she was excited talking about her, her lifestyle before. How I've traveled to Manhattan and gone to these restaurants and traveling to the cities of the world in Hong Kong and this and this and that and eating in top uh, restaurants and all that until I gave my life to Christ. 
until I gave my life to Christ. Since I gave my life to Christ, I've never eaten any of these restaurants again. I don't travel anymore. I used to travel in business class. They'll buy a ticket for me and fly me over. Suffering is part of your foundation and your pillars. Wisdom has healed these seven pillars. This is, this is your number one pillar. This is your wisdom pillar. To follow Christ. To stand and to be counted among the greatest in God's kingdom. You have to suffer. Yes. Jesus was having a good time with the disciples until he told them that it's now time to go and suffer. Peter said, what? You are going to suffer? We are not ready to see you suffering unless we also suffer. You cannot. You will not go to this place you are talking about. Jerusalem. He said, I will go to Jerusalem. They will arrest me. They will beat me up. I'm going to suffer. They will kill me. Peter said, Tofiakwa. Be far from me or far from you. You will not. Then Jesus rebuked him. Get it behind Satan. You are not interested in the things that be of God, but in the things that be of men. You see, if you are interested in the things that be of God, you have to suffer. You have to suffer. You have to go to embarrassment. Oh, yes. Some of these not because of Jesus that you are following. You never have experienced certain embarrassing situations. Yes. Sometimes when people make mistakes as they are serving God, we are quick to condemn them. But what you don't know is that if he was not serving God, this problem will never come up. Yes. If he was not doing the work of shepherding and caring and following up people, this problem would never have come up. That's why you have to be gentle with people. Hallelujah. It's part of the calling. So Jesus said, I must go and suffer. I have to go and suffer. Mm -hmm. So, how else would the scripture be fulfilled? There must be suffering. Tell somebody they must be suffering. There's a call to suffering. No, don't say suffering in America. Say whether there's a call to suffering. Uh, number three, appointment to sacrifice with sacrifice. Sacrifice. Ah. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. Anyone who cares to find out what sacrifice actually means, please do not listen to Christians who don't preach about sacrifice. We have to make as Christians. Preach about the sacrifice we have to make as Christians. Sacrifice is part of religion. 
that we belong to. To sacrifice means to offer up your material possession to God for worship. Material possession must offer, including money and things. Offer them for worship. Hallelujah. Sacrifice means you will surrender something prized or desirable for the sake of something higher. Did you understand that? Surrender something prized or desirable for the sake of something higher. What is that something higher? The higher calling of God. The God's calling is higher than any other calling. It's higher than becoming a doctor. Higher than becoming a lawyer. Higher than becoming an architect. Higher than becoming a businessman. And there's a time where you have to say no. I don't want to be a doctor. I want to be a missionary. Like the prophet, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. I'm going to give myself fully to God. And look at the power that it has produced. As I look at the power. You see, in those days, many pastors were seen as those who couldn't go to university and were not intelligent. So when our prophet gave himself to ministry, he had a lot of attacks from some of these pastors. Some of them even said he had to go to Bible school. Some of them told him that, look, you're a doctor, continue with your medicine and leave, and leave, and leave this pastor away because it's not your calling. Because it's almost like you are too high to become a pastor. Those of us who couldn't go to school, we didn't have classmates. We went to Bible school and we experienced power. And we have come with our power. Allow us to be. But you, just be a doctor and be paying tithes. He came from heaven to earth to show the Heaven and earth, which one is better? He left heaven. Some of you must leave America to somewhere. You sing this song, but you don't understand it. He came from heaven to earth to show from the earth to my God. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the grave, from the Amen. He, he came down from heaven. Such a glorious place. To a place where there's no electricity. Where there are no roads. Where there are, there's no water. Do you see? You see, when you're in America and you open your tap, the water comes like tsunami. <laughs> there are some places in the world, when you open the water, you hear this noise. <laughs> and then something small will drop. So you don't know. You are in America, you say you are suffering. When I visited Bishop Henry in Tanzania, in Tanzania, you are bathing, you are sweating. By the time you finish bathing and you have cleansed the water from your body, then sweat comes as if a new water has been poured on your body.
You don't need hot water in Tanzania. I'm telling you. You stand under it and the water is hot. Not because it has been warmed by electricity. Natural. I'm telling you. You don't know things. The air you are breathing in is, is, is wave, heat wave. Heat wave. You are placed this in the air, on the earth. So the day you leave America to go to a place like that for the sake of the gospel, you have experienced suffering. Yes. And that price is what brings the power. You see, when God sees that, look at, look at her. Look at the price she's paying. You go and suffer for my sake. Angels release, release authority, release power, release anointing. Yes, that's why you may think about anoint me, anoint me, anoint. Listen, anointing doesn't come to people who are not prepared to suffer. It doesn't come. Are you here? I've gone home, and I've not ready to sacrifice. Amen. So when you leave a very glorious place or you pay the price to live something that is of high price, all right, to go for something lower than that, then it means that you have met your appointment with sacrifice. Hallelujah. Now the next one is, I'm just rushing to your appointment with death. To die means to cease to exist and to function. It means to lose strength and to lose force. It means to pass gradually and fade away gradually. To die means to be stopped permanently. Hallelujah. Luke 9.23. He said to them, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lived in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. First Corinthians 15, 31, Paul said, I protest by rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. Do you know what it means to die? You see, if right now I give you a knock, you will say, ouch, mm. ouch. But if you are dead, you will just be looking at me like that. You see, until you become non-reactional, you are not dead yet. Some of you are easily offended. You get offended so easily. You get irritated so easily. It's because you have not met your appointment of death yet. You are too sensitive, too alive. And I'm telling you to follow Christ. You must die daily. Die daily. Let them hit you. Let them strike you. Let them knock your head on. You don't, you don't feel it. You don't react. This is where a lot of people are weeded out from the ministry. 
They are too alive and sensitive. Sensitive. They get offended easily. Then they become bitter. Then they walk in hatred. Why do you treat me this way? I mean, that is not fair. This, da, 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 da. Then you are reacting. It's a sign that you have not built this pillar in your life as a Christian and as a man of God. You are not prepared to suffer at all. You're not supposed to lose. You're not supposed to. I mean, it's like you can't, you always feel that somebody is cheating you. You have to die daily. As you'll be in the ministry, you, you'll not be a disciple of Christ. As I'm saying, you know what things people have done to me? You have no idea the things I've suffered. But you see, I'm still alive because I have decided that I will die daily. It doesn't matter what you say and what you don't say, what you do and what you don't do. I've decided that I am not going to react to follow the Lord. I, it means that I must die to myself. I must deny myself of dignity, respect, and anything else. If you don't do that, I'm telling you, you don't have this pillar and this foundation. And very soon, your whole ministry will just crumble like that. Yes. Now that I look at some of my colleague missionaries who are doing so well today, they are not in the ministry. It's because of this pillar. They didn't want to accept that being a missionary means you are going to suffer. And I remember when I was going on missions, prophet said, Apache, you are going to really suffer. You'll be crying on the mission field. I can never forget these words. And everything he said is true. That's why he wrote this song, There Shall Be Sad Days. Do you know that song? Yes. They'll be sad. I've been sad on the mission field. There have been times I'll lock up myself in the room and I'll be crying. Crying. And my children will come and knock. Then I'll stop crying. But they could hear me crying. Oh, yes. When you see a big church, a big cathedral with so many people, you may think that it just happened. There is a strong pillar that is at work. The pillar of losing, suffering, sacrificing, and dying. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. So I want you to have this pillar in your life as a Christian, as a leader, as a shepherd, as somebody who wants God to use you. Did Jesus not cry on the cross? My father, my father, my father forsaken me. My father forsaken me. He was crying. He went to the garden. He cried, praying, Lord, if it is possible, take this cup of suffering from me, if it is possible. I have come to negotiate with you. If there's another way out, please use that way, but not this way. God was quiet. He said, no, no. That's the only way out. 
to release power of the salvation. Three hours he was negotiating with God. God said, I can't change my mind. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No matter how God loves you, there are some things you will never escape. That's why I hear prophets saying that he said that he would, he would question God. The things he has suffered and gone through. If you will not go through to become great and whatever, you say, no, this is not fair. Hallelujah. See, God is not fair, but God is just. He's called a just God. The just God. The law applies to everyone. If Jesus had to suffer and pay the price, to the point where he felt so rejected by his own father. Said, my father, my father, why, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Forsaken me. I feel lonely. I feel powerless. I can't do anything. Look at me here. They have stripped me naked. All my church members are looking at my nakedness. Embarrassing humiliation. I see he died to his feelings he died to his dignity he died to his kinship to the point that the, the people were hurting him he looked at them and prayed for them the father forgive them they don't know what they are doing forgive them that's what it means to die but some of you it's like eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. You see our prophet? You see the things people have done to him? But he has not done anything. Look. People are always so lie, lie tell because loyalty. I can tell you with all my heart that the prophet is more loyal to, loyal to me than I'm loyal to him. He's more loyal to me than I am loyal to him. I'm telling you. And, and not just me. He's more loyal to his pastors than to all of us and we are even loyal to him. You may not know. There's nothing that he has not done for us to do well in the mission field. But I see, you can take your child to the best school, but you can't study for him. And you cannot write the exams for him. That price, he has to pay. And when you don't pay that price, you will fail in that school and in the end you will bring your frustration to your father who has helped you, who has sponsored you and taken you to the best place to excel and to become great. That's why in Isaiah chapter 5, what else should I do to my garden? What else should I do to my garden? I've fenced it. I've removed the stones thereof. I've planted the man with the choicest vine. I've done everything, invested books, whatever videos, materials, teachings, comes, everything. What else? You know what to do, but you won't do it. You know what to do. But you won't do it. And in the end, when you fail. You come back to me and attack me and blame me. I've made you poor. 
I've made you this, I've made you that, I've made you that. It's wickedness. I remember one day, he came to South Africa. He called all the missionaries. As he was interacting with us, he said, you people are disconnected. And he was right. We didn't know even the current messages that he was preaching. He organized those days. It's like you needed a gadget. Gadgets were not common. He organized gadgets for all of us to have to, to be connected properly. He always had to do well. There's nothing that he has not done. But like I'm telling you, you can receive every key, but the doing part, nobody can do it for you. Nobody can study for you. I wish, I wish I can study for you. I wish I can study for my children. I wish I can even write their exam, but it is not possible and it is not acceptable. There are some things you got to do it for yourself. Tell somebody you got to do it for yourself. Nobody can do it for you. So that's the first foundation. Number two. Already time is up, so I don't know whether I'll finish or Number two. Let me just rush through the easy ones that you know. The foundation of lay ministry. Lay ministry. What is lay ministry? Lay ministry is where you maintain your secular work or your secular job. At the same time, you are active in the ministry. So like almost everybody here is a lay pastor, a lay minister. You are a student. You are not paid by the church, but you are actively serving the Lord in the ministry. It is one of the foundations of this ministry. Hallelujah. And for so many years, Apostle Joel has been here. He was the only full-time person. Everybody else was a lay person. And there's still more lay people. And the reason is that you don't need to be a full-time person before you can serve God. Hallelujah. Some missionaries, when we went on missions, prophet advised us to recruit pillars to the mission fields and help them to find jobs to do so that they can serve with us. So I had about 13 people Bishop Hemi had about seven people in Tanzania. He recruited them. Some of them were even doctors. He had to find jobs and work. Do you understand my message? Yes. That is one of, that, that has been as one of the secrets of Mozambique mission. I'll tell you that that is one of the main secrets. People were brought, I brought them, my friends. Some of them were my schoolmates and university mates. Said, Come. Instead of looking for a job in Ghana, come and look for a job in Mozambique. If you will get. And survive. And live your life. And support the work of God. And I got a lot of them. With their wives. They all came. Do you understand my message? It's a foundation. It's a pillar. Of this ministry. And so, if you are part of this church, you need to understand that it is a normal thing for you to work 
and at the same time be active in the ministry. Hallelujah. It's a normal thing. When we were students on campus, people even thought we were not students. Oh, yes. We can have a week where we have all night every day. All night every day, 10 p.m. till 4 a.m. Every day. We are students. And when we finish the all night, we are going for lectures. Sunday, we'll have service and everything. When we are done, we are traveling to Accra. Four hours on the road. Just go for impartation service with the prophets. Students, I'm talking about the lay ministry. And when we finish, we'll be around now until he's going home. Around 3 a.m. Then we'll meet him and he said, you guys are blessed. Then from there, we'll go back to the bus station and pick the bus four hours back to campus. As soon as we arrive, we are going for lectures. Testimony is a foundation. Foundation of learning is working, working with all your heart without thinking of somebody paying you or giving you money or having an excuse that I am a student, I am an accountant, I am this, therefore I can't pay certain price. And it has been like that. And I'm saying the standard will never be lowered. Never. I saw my, even our fathers, I saw them doing it. Traveling. Traveling. As lay people. To be in places, to be trained. It's, it's, some of our pastors have traveled to come here. It's part of the price to pay. Else you are not going to become anything in the, in the kingdom of God. And nobody gives you money for that. You use your own money. My little money my mother was giving to me to buy food. I would use it to take transport and travel for four hours and come and sit under a great anointing to be imparted. I didn't just arrive. It has been one of my foundations. It has been one of the foundations of Bishop Henry and anybody who has become useful in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you. We'll be studying and we'll be sleeping, but we'll be studying. Yes. I remember, you know, my course is a very difficult course. Because it was a mixture of different things. I studied agriculture. But in my school, the type of agriculture we study is like specialization, four specializations together. Many institutions just do one specialization, animal science, crop science, something. And that. I will do all. So many hours. But you see me always in the gardens. Praying. You see me going for lectures. You see me having all nights, having crusades. Crusades in towns, not in, apart from Cambodia, we we'll go to towns and have crusades as students. As though I was not a student. That's the lay ministry. 
actively, actively serving God. Yesterday, we were discussing about it. Yish was telling me that it looks like the kind of experience we had on campus. A lot of people have not had it. It has affected their foundation. I said, yes, it's true. I don't know how to be lazy. Because it is not part of my foundation. In my invest, everybody was doing 18 hours in a week. I was doing 33 hours in a week. By the time you are in your final year, you are doing just about six, eight hours. My final year, I was doing 37 hours. But you see us praying all night. My last semester in the university, we had all night every day. Me and four others. Today, all of us are bishops in the ministry. Oh, yes. So, what you are doing is not something that is weird or abnormal or has never been done before. I've been a student like you before. I know what it means not to have money. I know what it means to be hungry, but you have to study. I know what it means to have exam, but you still have to go to church and pastor the people and pray for the people and lead people to Christ. I know what it means that tomorrow morning, early in the morning, you have exams, but you have a service also this evening. I know what it is. It's the foundation that God is giving for you to build on so that one day you become a useful tool in the house of God. Yes, it's a foundation. Say it's a foundation. Say there's nothing new under the sun. Yes. People are able to travel to go and blow time with their girlfriends and boyfriends. What are you talking about? And you say you can't travel because of work and other things. You are not serious. Number three, foundation of giving and tithing. Sit down. Yes. Foundation of giving and tithing. Giving and tithing is our foundation. In our church, we give and we tithe. And if you are here, you don't tithe and you don't give, God is not going to use you. God can't trust you to be a leader in his house. God cannot trust you. You see, Jesus said that if you are not faithful with unrighteous mama, who shall give you true riches? You see, God is waiting to see how faithful you are with money before he can trust you with true riches. There's something we call true riches. It means many riches are not true, they are false. The blessing of the Lord, they make it rich and he has no sorrow towards it. Verse 10, 22. When God blesses you with true riches, eh, you see that it doesn't come with stress. Many of the rich people you know are very stressful. That's why in Switzerland you have, it's one of the richest countries in the world, the, the, the most suicidal country in the world. Rich people are always committing suicide every day in Switzerland. I know one man, I think when Forbes came up with the richest people, is it 2018 or something? He had moved from number 17 to 27. He went and committed suicide. 
You see, it doesn't make sense to you. Ten places or eleven places up, he just he went and killed himself. He's like a rich fool. You have to be faithful with money. If you are here, you don't tithe. It's it's a, it's a sign that you are backsliding. But many times, when people backslide, you want to know whether somebody is backsliding, check his tight record first. It starts from there. One of my pastors was backsliding. He won't come for certain meetings. I just call my treasurer. I said, I want to know this person's tight record. When he checked, he has not paid tight for almost six months. I said, I'm not surprised. Today is a, a full blown orangu who has destroyed herself. Be faithful with money. It's one of the foundations you cannot miss out. Giving and tithing. Tithing should be so easy for you. That you tithe on everything. If after this service somebody gives you $20, remember that you have $2 to give as your tithe. It must be part and parcel of your life and your foundation. Tithing. As God can never trust you with true riches. He can't trust you with a big ministry like our ministry. You see, look at our church. Look at the projects during the flow. You see the churches that have been shown, the cartoon, the buildings. It's because we have a leader who is faithful with money. As God would never have trusted him with all these monies. People who are in America, in the UK, in different parts of the world, they take money and say that, Prophet, we have this money. Build one of the cathedrals for us. It's not, it will never happen. It shows you this level of faithfulness when it comes to money. I'm telling you. So when you are here and you are not faithful with money, maybe you are in the, you are in the church, you are even stealing offering. Hmm? There's something wrong with you. And I'm surprised you are saying it because Judas was a thief, even though he was an apostle. And we have had treasures that were putting money in their panties. Ask your neighbor, I hope you tight. I hope you tight. If you don't tight, your life will be very tight too. Testament, if you don't tithe, your life will be very tight. How many foundations do you have? Three foundations. Number one is what? Sacrifice. Number two, lay ministry. Number three, giving and tithe. Number four, the foundation of loyalty. Foundation of loyalty. I can stay on this one till we end. Because it's a very important foundation. Very, very important foundation. Hmm? Today you are here. Would you be here in five years' time? 
in 20 years' time? Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. It says, Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil will cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried. And you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. According to the dictionary, faithfulness means what? Loyal, constant, the same unwavering, unchanging. Hallelujah. So to be faithful unto death means, therefore, to be loyal, constant, the same, unwavering, and unchanging unto death. Hallelujah. You know, so the first thing you must know is that be faithful unto death is a command from Jesus himself. He said, be thou faithful unto death. It's a command. In other words, be constant. Don't change. Today you are here, you are sitting here, you are happy to be in church. You're always shouting, BH, I love you. BH, Don't change. Maintain the same fervency. Maintain the same spirit. The same love for God and your pastor. Unto death. Maintain it. Because you see, there are so many things that will come to test your faithfulness and your loyalty. Don't change. Today you are preaching, keep preaching. You are going about winning souls and bringing people to Christ. Don't stop it. After you got a job. Don't stop it after you got a beloved. Don't stop it after you are married. Don't stop it after you have children. Don't stop it after you are prospered. Be thou faithful until the end. And I will give you a crown of life. It is easy to start, but it's not easy to end well. That's what Paul said to Timothy. Timothy, I have fought good fight. I've run my race. And I've finished my course. Now what is left for me is the crown of righteousness which my father has laid out for me. And not only for me, but all those who love his account is coming. There is a special price for people who persist and continue constantly to the very end of their lives. And if you don't have this pillar, I'm telling you, you won't go far in the Lord. There are people who start so well. They say all the nice things, all the good things. Then later you hear them speaking rubbish. Saying things that you wonder. Immediately you see that this person is not faithful. He's not what? He's not faithful. 
Watch out for people who have been constant for years, who don't change. Would you want a man to come and propose to you and say, baby, I'm going to give you everything, but I'm not going to be faithful to you. I cannot be faithful to you. I'm sorry. I'll buy you a house. I'll buy you a car. I'll give you money for holidays, vacation. But the only thing that you won't, you won't get from me is that I'm not going to be faithful. You won't get my faithfulness. I, 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 I cannot be faithful to you. You just say, I'm sorry. I'm looking for a faithful man. Bible says a faithful man who can find Be thou faithful. And I'm saying that. Be faithful as a student. Be faithful when you finish school. Don't change. Don't change. Look at us here. We've been preaching since we were in university. I went to university in 1999, 2000. I became an elder on campus in 2001. I had a group I was preaching to every Sunday. As a little boy. I persisted, continued to preach until I became the leader of the university church. Pastor led the people preach and preach and preach. When I finished university, some of my colleagues became bankers. People I knew who were pastors who were preaching and laying hands on people, and people were falling under the power. Today, if I show you who these people, what they are doing now, what they used to do, you will not even believe it. Oh, they have become bankers. They don't even go to church. Satan is just throwing arrows of unfaithfulness all the time. So after school, what you are doing now, don't stop it. If anything, it should become stronger. You must grow in the anointing and the power and serve God continuously. He that is faithful to the very end, I will give him a crown of life. That's when we appear before him, the words we hear is that good and faithful servant. That good and faithful servant. God is going to reward you for being persistent and constant and not changing and unwavering. That you continue in the midst of adversity, the difficulty, the challenges, all the changing scenes of life. You still maintain your love, your zeal, your passion for God. And you say that, what shall separate me from the love of God? Shall tribulation or persecution or affliction or nakedness or cold or salt? You say, nay, in all these things, I am more than conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. said, and I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor death nor height, nor things present, nor things to come, shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I, I cannot. I am determined to be faithful to my very end. Would you be faithful to your very end? Or you are here for five years or ten years and you disappear. Will your love for God continue to persist until death do you apart? That's what I say. A faithful man who can find. It's not common to find faithful people these days. 
Hallelujah. But God wants us to be faithful till the very end. If you say you love the prophet, you love him till your very end. It's like, you say, love him. Sit down. Love is everything. Bible says all the commandments, they are hanged on love. It's important that in your relationships, eh, love must be everything. If you love somebody, Bible says love is not a keep or record, it doesn't record wrongs. Do you understand? Because anybody you love, you find out the person also makes mistakes. But Bible says, love covers multitude of sins. And love is faithfulness. When you love somebody, it's as though you are blind. That's why they say love is blind. But marriage will open your eyes. It is a saying. Recently, one lady came to me with her husband, complaining about her husband. He's lazy. He's shocked. Can you imagine? I traveled and I've been away for two months. When I was going, the light in our room was not working. I told him to fix it. I've come back. It is still not fixed. Phlegmatic husband. Oh, yes. Oh, not, I'll change it. I'll change it. Don't worry. I'll change it. Tomorrow day, I'll change it. Can take him 10 years. Why should I run when I can walk? I'm taking my time. Be happy. Don't rush. Why, why, why are you in a hurry? That's how they talk. Relax. Take your time. Even see man, they jump. Iron self man can chew. What man no see before? The bruku the braka. What is written is written. <laughs> she was so angry, complaining. I said, Ah, but when we we're going to marry this guy, I told you all these problems. I sat down with you. I told you that this high is going to be. It's a seesaw. What you saw is what you are seeing. So I asked, is it that you didn't believe what I was telling you? I said, Bishop, I was in love. I was in love. I didn't see all these things. Tell us about love is blind. That marriage will open your eyes. So I want you to know that be thou faithful to the is a command from the Lord. Jesus said, be thou. It's a strong command from Jesus himself. Be thou faithful. Be faithful to death. Only death should be able to say, now it is over. Only death. 
Number two, be thou faithful unto death is how to be a family. Hallelujah. In Matthew 12, verse 48 to 50, but he answered and said unto them, Who is my mother? Who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Hallelujah. Now here Jesus is teaching us about the importance of having a second family. Apart from your biological family. He had a biological family. He was in church preaching like this. Then an usher brought him a note. And on the note, they said that your brother, your sister, your mother, they are waiting for you. They say they want to talk to you. And he asked the usher, who is my mother? Who, 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 is, who is my brother? Who, is, who are my, these, these brethren? Then he said, you see these people here? That, that, those are my, my mothers and brothers and sisters. In other words, I have a second family. That anybody that is doing the will of my father, that's my family. That's my family. Are you here? You have gone home. And he said, I am committed. You see, that's the church is a family. And you don't walk away from your family. How many of us have, have this something that your father was not happy about, that he spanked you or whatever, but you, but you never walk away from your father? Look, I remember one beating my mother beats me. I tell you. As I've been talking, I'm still feeling the pain. It wasn't a small beating. But it, it, it didn't, it didn't, it has not changed my love for my mother. I love her more. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because that's your family. I had nowhere to go. I remember that day when, he, when she beat me, I, I ran out of the house. But in the night, I came back to sleep. I don't have anywhere to go. Where do I go? Where do I go? That is the family. So as you are in the church, there are times that some things will be done. You may not like them. Some things will be said. You may not like them. But it doesn't mean that you must change and find yourself in another church. This is your family. Stay here. Stay here. Stay here. Stay here. And the Lord will bless you. That's what it means to be faithful. You don't change because somebody has said something you didn't like. You don't change because something was done to you that you felt you have been treated unfairly. It doesn't matter. You have nowhere to go. You see, there, there will always be an opportunity for you to leave. There will always be. But let me tell you something. If you can see yourself as someone that God has supernaturally planted you here, you will never allow the devil or anybody to root you out of this place. In fact, this is, this is something I really want to talk to you from the bottom of my heart. I have seen Satan destroy destinies of people who could have become mighty in God 
Because they never saw the church as their family. They just get up and get angry and walk away and become nothing afterwards. Jesus preached a very powerful message in John chapter 6. In verse 24, he told the people that no, none of you here could have come to me if God the Father has not drawn you to come. Then you are here because God, God, my Father drew you here. You came here because God brought you here. Yet, he preached a message and told them that except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life. And he became offended. And Bible says that after that message, many, many of the disciples became offended and walked no more with him. Many disciples. So it's not today that people leave church. Even Jesus' ministry. Many. Give me the scripture, brother. John chapter 6. 65. This is what, 64? No, no, no. We have moved from there. I can't see 65. Where is it? Therefore said I unto you, no man can come unto me except it were given to him. He repeated it again. He said in 44, then he repeated it here again. See, they will not catch the revelation that you are standing here because the Father drew you here. The Father drew you here. You could have been in another church, royal house or witness chapel or somewhere, but God has tied your destiny to the first love church who you will become, the person you will marry, the places you will go, everything is tied up to this place. You don't choose your family. God gives you a family. I'm talking about your spiritual family. Jesus said, these are my family also. The people are here doing the will of God. Listening, doing the will of God. That's my family. Excuse me, mister. Verse 66. Let's continue. From that time, many of the disciples went back and walked no more with him. They walked no more with him. After he had told them that you are here because God brought you here. My father brought you here. You are not here by mistake. You are not here by chance. So it will not change them. There is a cause. It's not a cause. We are trying to teach you that. Be spiritual about your, your being here. How come all this while, all these years you have been around 20 years? You've been happy, you have been married, you have you find your beloved in church, you've been happier until the day you became offended. And then when you went back, you start saying bad things. It's, it's a devil. They went no more. Then Jesus asked those who were left, said, Would you also go away? Peter said, We just heard a nice sermon. We just heard you saying that we cannot, you could never have been here except the Father drew us here. So we have nowhere to go. You have the ways of life. We are here to death, do us apart. We are here, we'll follow you, we'll be in this ministry, we'll listen to you, even though we don't understand many of the things that we'll do, but we'll continue to follow you until death. 
say, you have the words of life. We have nowhere to go. We have nowhere to go. Tell someone we have nowhere to go. Amen. Right. So be thou faithful unto death. It means that this is how the family of God is supposed to be, to be in forever. We are here. When you when I die, you come for my funeral. When you die, I also come for your funeral. That's how to be a family. Only death. Together forever. Hallelujah. Yes. And all marriages are built on this principle. Nobody enters into marriage for five years or ten years. Recently, I read about Michael Jordan. Remember, you know Michael Jordan? Yeah. I think he had a terrible divorce, his first marriage. So now his second marriage, he entered into agreement with a person. He said, if you stay with me for 10 years, you will get $50 million. Each year, you get a million dollars. Yes, each year, you get a million dollars. So you have to decide. <laughs> when I was reading it, I was, I was, just, I was just thinking, I said, wow. Just contain me and enjoy money. Because it's like he entered the first marriage thinking that it's forever, together forever. I don't want you anymore. And I'm seeing you for this. I need this money. But we all enter into marriage or into a relationship to stay together forever. That's how you must be in this church. We are here. God has given us a pastor. We love him. We are with him. Amen. Yes. Forever. Don't change. Like I've known Bishop Henry since Hoots. And we've been like that for years. Growing stronger. We are together. So we always cry with your friends. Even in the church, God has given you friends, but you have cried with all of them. That even in the church, our relationships are supernatural also. Yes. Our relationships are also supernatural. There's a reason why God brings people together. To become friends. It's a reason. Shine your eyes. Say, shine your eyes. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, I'm here forever. This is my church. Yes. You can never say anything to discourage me from being in this church. I'm not a fool. Tell somebody I'm not a fool. I don't know whether it is this group that I told you about, my friend, who wanted me to leave the church. 
Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. No problem. No problem. I'll tell you. I took one of my friends to church. He became an usher. The one day when we closed from church, we were going home. We were climbing a small hill. He was so upset. He said, he's leaving the church. And he's telling me that we should leave the church. We should never come back again. And I said, ah. You see, what he, what he had forgotten was that I, I had passed my high school exam to go to university. He didn't pass. So I was a bit intelligent than him. Sometimes just be a bit intelligent. You realize that what somebody is saying doesn't make sense. Yes. Just be, you, you use, at least use the, the little intelligence you gain from school to analyze things. Yes. So I, I analyzed that thing. I said, ah, but you are the one who is offended with this Asha. I am not offended with the Asha. Why are you asking me to leave the church with you? If you want to leave, you can leave. But me, till death, you have no idea where I'm coming from. God saved me through this church. My life has been changed through this church. My parents couldn't contain me. I was un uncontrollable, untamable, until God brought me to this and gave me a pastor. And I've been so much blessed and I can see my life being changed from glory to glory. And you are asking me to leave the church because you are not happy with somebody. And he left. He didn't come again. Three years ago, I met him. He had become a fetish priest. A fetish priest. With four children with three different women. And he looks so old and wretched. You may think that he's my elder brother or even my grandfather. Fetish priest. He's a priest of Satan. That's those of you who don't know what is fetish priest. And I was a bishop and a mega pastor. Those of you who are following your rangus, following your rangus and rebels. If somebody wants to die, let him die alone. God never calls a group. In Isaiah 51, verse 2, he said, Remember your father Abraham, for I called him alone and I blessed him. God has called, even though somebody invited you here, but you are here on your own. If one day the person decides to leave the church, you don't follow the person. At all. Hallelujah. Be here. Be here. Stay here. Be connected properly. And value this family. Because the day you lose it, you may never find it again. Hallelujah. It's not worth it. Every family has their problems. Is it not true? Some of you in your family, some of your brothers are on drugs. Some are this, some have children without husbands, without wives. Are they not there? 
but they not still your family. Have you walked away from them? So how come you come to the church? Oh, the church has church. There's a lot of this, a lot of this. People are doing bad things and all that. So it's not a good church. Your mouth like it's not a good church. The church is like a hospital. Jesus said, he that is sick is the one who needs a physician. When they questioned him, why was he eating with the publicans in Matthew chapter 9? He said that it is the sick that needs a physician. I am a doctor. These people are not well. That's why they are with me. We are in church because we are not well. Yes. And when we come, we come to meet Dr. Jesus. Yes, we talk to him with our problems. We come with all our issues. And from time to time, he works on us. He, he gives us antidotes and solutions through the preaching of our pastor. Then we become better, 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 better. We move from glory to glory, from strength to strength. The Bible said, they that appear before the Lord in Zion, in Psalm 84 verse 7, they grow from strength to strength. Hallelujah. So don't expect us, the church, to be perfect. You get it? The church is not a perfect place because it is not a place for perfect people. Then the only angels will be here. But it's a good church. I say it's what? A good church. You must be committed to this family. And never ever expose yourself to any damned, condemned, cursed, evil person whom the devil has managed to root out and is saying bad things about us and about the church and about everything that we do. I told you about friends. Yes, I have some friends. I can show you my phone. I can show you my phone. Eh? I have people are blocked. Say block. Are you here? I've gone home. My sister, see my phone. What do you see here? 28 contacts blocked. Tell somebody, don't make me block you. Don't make me block you. How come you don't have anybody block on your phone? Twenty-eight. Next time I see you, you see that I've upgraded it. There are some things that when I see in somebody, I cut my link with you forever, forever, forever. If I see you attacking a church, attacking a man of God, you are blocked from my life. Yes. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Whether it's on Facebook, even comments. Sometimes people make funny comments on Facebook. I block you. And it's not about my church or my pastor. About any church or any pastor. Yes. Because the church is Jesus' bride. Yes. And, 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 and you cannot disrespect, disrespect somebody's wife. 
Jesus' wife and you are disrespecting. Hmm? The word doesn't do that. They celebrate their own. By the church. Let another Christian brother fall into a problem. You want to disgrace him. You want to put it on social media. You want to share. When I see that, then I block you. No matter who you are. I can open my blog. You'll be surprised to see. You see bishops, reverends, pastors. You think, who do I block? Because my colleagues, these are my, 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 my team players. Yes. I don't like their spirit. Yes. You see, when the more spiritual you are, the more you want to protect your anointing. Yes. 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 I don't want it. I don't want. I don't want to cross paths with you at all. I don't want to see anything you are doing or you are seeing or you are writing. Be in your world. After all, I don't need you. You don't need me. Hallelujah. Yes. Because you have no idea where some of us are coming from. The thing you are attacking, you have no idea how, how some of us have been helped. How they have been dead by now. I have five friends. Four of them are dead. All of them are dead. One of my friends, he died. He died. He died with, with, with weed. When he died, they put weed in his mouth. And I watched him when they, they took him out of the caskets. Because all our friends were those guys. And the area where I lived in my city were noted for drugs. They took him out of the casket. He was leaning on, 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 on the chest of one, of one of the guys. A dead body. And they put a marijuana, big one, open his mouth like that. They said they were giving their last salute, salutation. They were paying their last respect. That was my friend. I stood behind crying, watching them as they were doing that to him. I said, if I had died, this is what they would have done to me. Until God saved me through this ministry. Gave me a new family. Gave me new friends. Gave me pastors after his own heart. Got my wife in the church, not in a nightclub or a bus station. Are you here? You have gone home. Are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't stand such things. No, but the church is everything to us. It's our life, it's our family. But we are not ungrateful. We know what God has done for us in this family. Hallelujah. So please, see this church as your family. Be here. Don't be moved to and fro by any form of accusation or whatever that anybody says. It still doesn't give you any reason to root you out. No, 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 no. Tell your neighbor softly, I've got a plan here. Only death can take me away. Sit down. 
early death. Hallelujah. Number five. Is it number five or number four? Remembrance. The foundation of remembrance. Now, brother, what's your name? Daniel. Are you a dancing star? Foundation of remembrance. You see, I was telling you about how I became born again. I've not forgotten. I've not forgotten how God has helped me through this church and my pastors. Do you understand my message? I've not forgotten. Remembrance is something that must become one of your pillars. You must be the tag that remembers. Don't forget. Those who forget. Don't forget what has been done for you. Don't forget how God saved you. Don't forget. It's a pillar you must have. You are the type that remembers. Do you understand my message? If you are not the type that remembers, you won't go far in the ministry. You won't go far. It will be the reason why you will not even be faithful. It will be the reason why you will dishonor those who you must honor. It will be the reason why you will not become, you will not amount to anything in the ministry. Remembrance. I'm talking about you remembering. You see, when BH was talking yesterday, he was saying that I visited him in, uh, what was it, in Tanzania. And when I'm going, he will take my shoe. He said, oh, he's seizing my shoe. I, I must have forgotten. But as he said that, I suddenly remembered. He will say, this shoe, you are not taking it. It's going to become my shoe now. He remembers. That's why he's come far. If you can't remember, you won't go far, I'm telling you. That's what prophets say that the key to loyalty is remembrance. To stay faithful till death. You need the pillar of remembrance. Remember who helped you, who connected you, who prayed for you, who counseled you, who introduced you. If you can't remember all these things, you have no future in the ministry. You know how special it is to sit in your pastor's car? Huh? So from time to time, I pick people in my car because I remember how one day prophet came to visit me on campus as a student and took me in his car and drove me around the campus. How I felt. I can't forget. I can't forget. Then even after finishing school, when I came, sometimes he was going home then he, he would look at Apache sitting in my car. And he would drive me through the city of Accra in the middle of the night. And after that, I go and drop him in front of my house. 
not forgotten. The love. The day you forget, that's the day you will dishonor him. I cannot forget one day I was on campus. Year, he was passing by to the next city. He called. He said, where are you? I said, daddy, I'm in, I'm, I'm in the hostel. He said, come out. He came and parked his car. He had his whole family. He gave me an envelope. I thought it was a letter. When I got my way, I opened it. It was money. Money. I cannot forget. I cannot forget. Are you here? You have gone home. It is one of my foundations. I remember everything God has used my pastor to do in my life. And some of you, you are here. You've had the opportunity to be with BH. You have sat in his car. He calls you on the phone. He counsels you. He prays for you. He lays hands on you. He casts that devil out of you. Don't forget. I say, don't forget. He brings you around. Even to organize this meeting for me, for me to be here. And to minister to you. Don't forget it. Because some of you, you have no idea the kind of devils and demons that have gone out of your life. And you have no idea how your life has become stable after this conference. Don't forget. Don't forget. Satan always wants us to forget. Yes. That's why God reminded Lucifer, I said, I've made thee so. You have forgotten. You've forgotten the person who made you. I made you so. I made you so. If only you could remember, you would never attack me. Because the person who made you has the power to make you. But because you are forgotten, that is why you behave the way you are behaving. Shake somebody and say, don't forget who. You need this pillar. Remembrance is a pillar. You need it. You need it. You need it. Yeah. Some of us would have been doing bad things until somebody came into our life and directed us. Yes. Yes. Even, even advice. Somebody to advise you. Do this. Do this. Go and honor the prophet. Honor him with a good substance. It's all part of the, the things that will make you great. And I'm saying that, remember, that is why you have to remember your teachers. That's why we have Galatians 6. 6. Because it's a pillar. Say it's a pillar. If you take this pillar out of the church, the church will change. If the church becomes members who, are, who cannot remember, ungrateful, it will bring ingratitude. People will not even serve God. Yes. In First Peter, say you are barren because you are forgotten. Because you have forgotten how you were saved and washed by the blood. Say you are you're unfruitful, you are barren spiritually because you have forgotten. It seems you have forgotten. If you know how salvation comes, eh? that's why we are missionaries. Because we have not forgotten how we got saved. I've not forgotten how Prophet sent, uh, Prophet sent Bishop Saki to come all the way to my city. They drove five hours with trucks 
to come and set up a crusade to save me. That crusade, I saw many people giving their life to Christ. But a year after, a year after, I went and spoke to my pastor that I want to find out if there's anybody who got saved in that crusade who is in church. And I was the only person who was in church. It was for me. It was the whole crusade was for me. I was the only person who was in church. I've not forgotten. That's the one I was on campus to say it was something I really love to do till today. How somebody came all the way to save me? Why should I also not go all the way to Mozambique? That somebody will be saved. That is the pillar on which I am standing, on which almost everybody who will amount to anything in this ministry is standing on, should stand on. We have not forgotten. We have not forgotten the messages, the teachings. Use it or lose it. Don't forget to remember the message. I was listening to him when prophet was saying that, how come you don't have uh, carnivals in your campuses? Don't forget, it's something. Remember all the teachings and follow through. That is the foundation. Remembrance. Remember the teachings, the messages, the, all the different things. Don't forget them. Instructions. Don't forget them. How many can say that it's a very powerful foundation? Yes. Yes. It means a lot. If you can remember. Number six. How many do you have? Five? Ah. My time is up already. I'm still here. Foundation of closeness to God. Closeness to God. Mm -hmm. John chapter 15. Ah, what a blessing. I am the true vine. My father is the husband man. Verse 2. Every branch in me that bearing no fruit, he take it away. And every branch that bearing fruit, he pressured it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean to the word which I have spoken unto you. Verse 4. Look at the verse, number 4. Abide in me and I in you. Closeness. Abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abided in the vine, no more can you be able, except you abide in me. Then verse 5, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches, he that abided in me, and I in him, the same thing of this. But without me, you can do Nothing. A lot of people don't have this foundation. Without me, you can do nothing. Not even some things, nothing. Abide in me. Your closeness to God probably is your most important pillar. Many people are busy with activity that they are not close to God. 
activity can never replace your closeness to God. And I can say that for a fact that in the first large church, many people are engrossed with activities, but they are not close to God. Your closeness to God is very, very, very important to Jesus. Because without me, you can do nothing. You can't bear certain fruits if you don't abide, if you are not close to me. If you are not close to me. If you are not close to the Lord, you cannot. And sometimes the frustration of many ministers, but central leaders, and what have you, do you get it? It's, it's not because the people are not, it's because you are not close to God. And rather, we, we bring the frustration on the ship. This ship is very stubborn. He doesn't come around. And I've been chasing him, going after him. Listen, stop blaming them. Blame yourself and remember the words of Jesus that except you abide in me and I in you, you cannot bear fruits. You can't bring forth fruits. Yes. When you see prophets, you, 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 don't, you know, he's close to God. When he's even reading the Bible and saying, as though you, what he's reading, it's like, is it in the Bible? Is it the same Bible we've been reading? You see the flow. He's leading us to pray, but the teachings that are, that comes under the topics. And these are his notes. I'm telling you. His personal quiet time with God and the notes. He's close to God. Else, these fruits we see, it will never exist. It will never exist. You can dress like him. You can talk like him. You can walk like him. You can shout like him. It doesn't mean you have the same fruits. Unless you are abiding in Christ, just like he's abiding in Christ. Yes. You will never know the closeness of a man of God to God. You will never know. But you can know through their fruits. Because Jesus, look at verse 4 again. Look at verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. This is the I am the vine. So when you see the kind of fruit prophet has brought all over the world, nobody should tell you that this man is very close to God. I'm telling you. You can't use tricks to get young people to be saved. You can't use good orator speeches. You can't have convincing words. You can't use worldly wisdom to get young people like you here in America to be here. David said, ask for me my closeness to God. It's my good. It's my good. He said, give me God. 
Give me God. Give me God. Let God be close to me. Everybody can walk away from me, but give me God. You can, I can lose everything. Leave me with the Holy Spirit. Don't cast me away from your presence. Let me be Let me be close. That is all that I want. It's a mighty pillar. It's your wisdom pillar. You can never amount to anything without this important pillar. I'm telling you. I have a place. I go and I can be there for a whole week. Seeking the face of God. Talking to God. Spending time with him. And I do that regularly. Even when I travel, I don't have anywhere to go. I'm in my room. Just give me God. Give me his presence. Let me just be there. I just want to be where you are. Dwelling daily in your presence. Take me to the place where you are. I just want to be in Listen to me. There's no ministry without abiding in Christ. No, 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 no. Mark chapter 3, verse 14. Mark 3, 14. And he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach. You see, when God calls you, he calls you first of all to be with him before you go and preach. But many of you, as soon as God calls you, he has called you to preach. No time for him. No time for him. You get there to go and preach your bus center, but you have not even spent 30 minutes with the Lord. And when you go and nobody comes, you say that people are buried some way. This land is very tough and difficult. He ordained the twelve that they should be with him. Come and be with me. Come and be with me. First, first is the most important thing for God. Come and be with me. Come and spend time with me. Come and sit by me. It is after that that he will send you to go and preach. Verse 15. And to have power. To have power. To have power to heal. And to cast out devils. To heal sicknesses. And to cast out devils. How come that all your members are still living fornication? For there's no power to cast out the spirit of fornication. And that's because you yourself, you won't spend time with the Lord. So that his power will rub off you. Huh? One day I went and waited on the Lord. A whole week. And I came straight to church. When I entered the church. I was walking through the aisle. 
all the people on this side, everybody was falling. I've not, I've not touched anybody. I've not prayed. As I was walking like that, people were screaming and falling. I'm telling you. That's when I realized the importance of spending time with God and being with the Lord. I'm telling you. This is a foundation many of you don't have. It's a very important foundation. When I came to work in the church and I was privileged to work in the prophet's church every Thursday. Those of you have gone to Nanakazu before. You see the prophet's residence. That was the only building that was there. The rest was bush, 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 bush. Total darkness. There was no light anywhere. Every Thursday. Those of us in his office, he will send us to go and be there. We'll be there from 10 to night, the whole of Friday. Saturday evening, we come back on Sunday. We are regularly going to be with God. Go and spend time with God. I'm telling you. So if you see the fruitfulness and the churches and what you see everywhere, I am telling you that if this foundation was not there, you won't see what you are seeing. And I'm showing you just in case you don't know that it is a mighty foundation, a strong pillar. Wisdom has built at his house and he has healed to himself seven pillars. The pillar of closeness to God. You cannot downplay it. You cannot downplay it. I can be in my house. My wife and my children cannot even see me. You see, when I went to Mozambique, the kind of things I saw, I said, hey. I agree with David. My closeness to God is my good. When I was waiting on God, the first few days I arrived, I was waiting on God. I was lying on, on the, on the, on the uh, um, cemented floor. Suddenly, the ground opened. <laughs> and I went under. Oh, yes. Not imagination. I went under the ground and I saw myself in a hall and I saw three people. They were old but beautiful. And one of them said, young man, why have you come here to disturb us? This is our land. We have been here for more than a thousand years. You cannot come and disturb us. Go back to where you came from. They were speaking English. No Portuguese. So that we understand. Then I got up. I came back to myself and I was in, in the room again. I said, ah. The powers of the land have identified me. Some five years ago, I was sleeping. My wife has woken up. You know why she woke up? And suddenly she woke me up. She said, Can I see something? I said, What is it? I peeked through our window. We're upstairs. Which doctors about four of them? 
some of them almost naked, standing in front of my gate, and they were casting spells, throwing things into my house. I told my wife, Mr. Don't wake me up. I went back to sleep and I slept. Oh, yes. Do you know the late Lester Samuel? I read the story of him. He said that one day he was in his room. Then Satan came to the room. And he started pulling his bed to one of the corners of the room. He was sleepy, so he woke up and he saw the devil. He said, Satan, what are you doing in my room? Leave this place now. Then he saw his stairs. He was going. Then he remembered that. The bed was here, but he put it here. So he called his Satan, come back. And he came back and said, take the bed to where you put it from. The devil took the bed and put it. Said, now you can go. That is the kind of power and authority you derive by abiding in Christ, by being close with the Lord in prayer, in fasting, that is a kind of authority that comes upon you. He ordained the 12 that they should first be with him and that he will send them forth to preach, to cast out devils and to heal diseases. Casting devils and healing diseases, it comes after you have been close to the Lord. After you have spent time with the Lord. After you have been abiding with the Lord. In the secrecy of your life. And of your privacy. The more I seek him. The more I find him. The more I The more I love you, I'll sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you and breathe, fill your heart beat. This love is so deep, it's more than I can say. Come on, let's all sing it. The more I seek you, the more I find you. The more I find you. The more I find you. The more I love you. I
where you derive your strength, your power, your authority. You cannot amount to anything without this foundation. Because the people we are sent to, they are under the captivity of the enemy. They are in chains and afflictions. Satan has destroyed them. Takes the power of God. I wanted to pray and say, Lord, I want to be close to you. Help me to have this foundation closer to you. I want to be closer, closer, closer. Draw me closer. I ask for grace, 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 grace. Pray that you become addicted to his presence. Addicted. 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 David was addicted to his presence. He said, as the deer panted after the water brooks, so panted after thee, O Lord. I pant after the day. I pant after day. He said, when shall I come to your presence again? He said, I can't wait for another opportunity to be with you. Oh, yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus, take your seat. In Psalm 63, verse 1, 
David said, oh God, thou art my God. Early would I seek thee. Early. Let me tell you something. Try and wake up early to seek for God. I don't know how to wait on God during the day. I'm a night person. Like 3 a.m. I'm awake. 2 a.m. I'm awake. Early would I seek early. Early. My soul tested for thee. My flesh longed for thee. In a dry and a testy land. Where no water is. Imagine yourself being in one of these wilderness where there's no water. The only thing you'll be thinking of is water. The only thing you'll be looking for is water. That's what it means to be close to God. It's like God means so much to you. It's like that is the only thing you want. That's the only thing you want. Let them bring you a car. It doesn't mean anything. You are in the wilderness. You are thirsty. They have brought you a car. It doesn't mean anything to you. They have brought you a shoe. It doesn't mean anything to you. They bring you water. Yes, this is what my heart desires. My soul thirsty. I'm thirsty for you, Lord. My flesh is longing, longing to come and be with you. I'm telling you, this is the most important pillar. Else, you'll be busy with God's activities, but never busy with the God of the activity. And on that day, you will stand there and you will come with your activities. Say, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not cast out devils in your name? And in your name, I did many amazing things, in preach, including preaching and teaching and mobilizing people to church. And you said, you workers of iniquity, I knew you not. You see, not being close to God is a sin. You become a worker of iniquity when you are not close to God. Because you be a leader of God's people, but you have no power to heal them. No power to cast out the devils that are troubling them. So they never become what God expects them to become. So your iniquity is residing and presiding over God's people who never amounted to anything and never lived to their potentials and their capacity. Probably you even pastor people to hell because they didn't have God's presence to bring deliverance to them. So, yes, you prophesy in his name, you cast out devils, you, you did that you were very busy by saying, I don't know you. And the reason why he doesn't know you is because you were not close to him. You are not close to him, you are not close enough to know him. And that is one of the commonest things in the body of Christ today. People are busy running around, but they are never busy with the Lord. When is the last time you checked yourself into a room 
a hotel, a place, and say, Lord, I've come here to just be with you. I've taken off some days, I've taken some days off from work just to be with you. I've come here on Friday. I'll leave you on Sunday morning to go to church. Just come to be with you. David said, my soul tested. My flesh longed. Look at the next verse. To see thy power and thy glory as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Can you imagine you check yourself into a place and Lord, I've just come to be with you so I can see your power and your glory in my life and in my ministry. I'm tired of preaching to just five, eight people, ten people. No! It doesn't glorify you. I've been on a mission field for 17 years. I can tell you. Today, I've even built a place for that, for myself. Because it means a lot to me. I've built a personal place for myself. I retreat. I go there. When I get back to Mozambique, I'm going there. I'm going to be there. I'll go there on a Friday. From there, I come straight to church. Else, I can't do anything. I'll be useless. I'll be frustrated. To see your power. Do you know the amount? Even right now, as I'm talking, one of my, my, my pastors, my main pastors, he just sent me a message. His wife just took off with her with his car. The car has somersaulted. The car is totally condemned. It's, it's going to scrap. It cannot be used. But the wife has come out on head. You have no idea the kind of demonic conspiracies and devils that are against us because we are doing what we are doing. So if you, you are not close to God, I don't know what you are looking for. You are exposing yourself to the devil to destroy you. I'm telling you. It is in your secret place, hiding that Bible says you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Then his feathers will cover you. That's when now when thousands are falling on the left and ten thousand on the right, it doesn't come near you because you hide them. The ritual. You are not God protective covers. And it's because you are close to him. Because you are with him. Because else, what is out there? What is waiting for you out there? To overcome you. So he didn't ordain them to just come and go and do ministry. The first they should be with him. Be with him. Be with him. And when Jesus was going to heaven, he told the disciples in Luke 24, verse 39, he said, Tell you in Jerusalem, go into the temple and wait for God. Spend time with him. Spend time with him. His presence. 
until you endure it. When you spend time with him, his power will come upon you. You become a man of authority. You become a little God. Like he said to Moses, I have made thee God in the eyes of Pharaoh. You become the image of God. His power becomes your power. His presence becomes your presence. Remember the disciples? They were so powerless. One day they brought a little boy for deliverance. They sang all the songs. You deserve the glory. For you are, they sang all the songs. There was no power. They asked Jesus, what happened? And you are not faithful. Spend time with God. Jesus will always retreat from the crowd and go and be in the mountain alone. It was one of those days that he told the disciples to go in advance as he was praying in the mountains in the middle of the night. The Bible says he saw a man walking on water coming towards them. He thought it was a ghost. It was not a ghost. It was power at work. You have no idea how God will use you if you can have this pillar, I'm telling you, you'll be surprised the amazing things. Look, Bishop Harry is here. Right from campus. It's not that now God is using It's not now that God is using us. It's not now. He's serving God. Walking closely with God. We've had this pillar for years. Some of you, if you have this pillar, Masturbation. At this level, we are struggling with masturbation. We are struggling with pornography. But they let God arise and his enemies will scatter. Even when you want to have the desire, the desire will not come. It's because you are not close to the Lord. Not close to the Lord. Don't spend time with God. The power of God, even pornography, that demon will be afraid to come near you. No matter how powerful you are, you can never stand fire. You'll run away. God's presence is fire. Oh, yes. One day I was in church. I was having a program. You know, my country is noted for witchcraft. There are more witch doctors than pastors. Because for a very long time, from the time they had independence in 1975, they decided they would not allow any mission work in the country. No church, no missionary, nobody. Till 1993. So for a very long time, over 20 years, no mission work, no church, nothing. The only thing they believe in is traditional, you know, religion, witchcraft. That's all after today. So churches started coming some few years ago. So the land is full of such people. So one day I was preaching in church. I was at the convention. And I was ministering. And as I was ministering and walking, I heard the Lord saying that there's an evil person who has come into this church. 
So I stopped and I turned. And the Holy Spirit pointed the person to me who was sitting at the back, on the left side. So I stretched my hand and said that there is an evil person who has come into this meeting. You made a mistake. You shouldn't have been here. Then I turned and started speaking to Shandaraba Satire. I saw the power of God lifted him literally like a lift into the air. He fell down. Boom! Scattered everybody sitting in that area. Got up screaming and ran out of the church and left one of his shoes there. With a bag full of charms and things. So I finished the service. That day, the power of God. So I had, I had, I even had a picture. The camera captured a pillar of cloud, like a pillar of cloud standing behind me twice on this and on that side. A real pillar, like a human from my white pillar. I had the picture there. The power of God was something else that day, and I know, I know how I spent time with God for that program. In with God, praying and asking God for his presence and his power. That man came the wrong time. So, I didn't know. I thought it was uh, after church. A certain sister came, shivering. She was told, what, what's wrong with you? The pastor, the man who, who ran away, I know him. So you know him from where? He's a witch doctor. How did you know him? I used to go there. She said she was one of his clients. My client, sorry. Then one day, said the man called her and said, It's a long time I saw you. She said, No, I, I go to church now. I'm born again. Then he said, The man laughed. He said, This church and this pastor, they are powerless. They don't have any power. I'll one day come to the church and kill the pastor for you to see. Not knowing that, so the man had come to kill me. Tell someone there's a joke in your eyes. And he said to the getter, I have killed a lot of pastors. Oh, yes. So for him, it was one of those things he was coming to do. He ran away and left one of his shoes. We have pictures and the, and the concussions. We have all of them there. The pictures. You can't be an ordinary Christian. God has not called you to be an ordinary Christian. Listen, listen. Jesus said, I give you power over all the powers of the enemy. It means that the devil also has some powers. But God's power is superpower. His power is over. And you need to have that power to be over his power. I can tell you many things. Another time I had a, a dream. I, I do a lot of prayer work. You know what is prayer work? You are taking a stroll but you are praying. You walk around for two hours. You are exercising the body. You are also exercising your spirit. So I do that a lot. So in a dream, I was doing something like that. Then suddenly I met a guy. Then he came and stood in front and said, you think you have power? Come, I will show you where there's real power. 
And I challenged him. I like challenges like that. So I said to him, you, you cannot show me any power. The power that I know is of God, and I have that power. He said, you follow me. I said, I will follow you. So I was following him. I was Suddenly, we got to a room, a big hall. When we entered, I turned to the back. The, the back was not a wall. There was no place to escape. Then I saw blood everywhere on the floor, big hall. Human parts, liver, head, intestines, scattered everywhere. Then there was a big water altar right there. And then somebody screamed, what is this God boy doing here? Bring him to us. We'll sacrifice him. Before I could even say anything, six men, three on my side, three on my left, three, they held me like that. They carry the, the, the strength of their arm. I can still feel it. They carry me like a wind like that. Put me on the altar. Shame me. And I was lying down like this. Then this man came. His face was covered. I couldn't see his face. With a knife. And he said, you shouldn't have come here. You are finished. So as I was lying there, I heard a voice. Speaking tongues. Speaking tongues. So I said, Shalabranda Kata. Those few words I said, suddenly the man was thrown, you know, like you see, uh, is it spider? What's the name? Spider man, you see how he can, it threw him like that. When I saw that, Come and see myself. The roof of the play disappeared. And suddenly a wind entered into the room. The kind of wind I've never seen one in, the, in this world before. The place was dried up. All the human parts disappeared. Everybody disappeared until the, the four walls of the place disappeared. Then I woke up. The Lord said to me, I just wanted you to see the power in speaking in tongues. The power in speaking in tongues. You have no idea the gift of speaking in tongues and the amount of power that is in it. So from that day, when I'm praying in tongues, I feel like I'm doing something. Come on, pray in tongues for a few seconds. Sarabandarala. Rekato rabasita liandara. Rakata la liandole baralaba. Sondarabre karabasitola. Ribara karakata sutola bronde sita labre. Riapashika riata laba sita laba riandala tayata yatuba. Shandariakoto rabose telebre. In the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Sit down. See, some things once it becomes a revelation to you, you will not use it the way you should use it. I pray in tongues one hour every day by the grace of God. From that experience, I'm telling you. When I see people who don't pray in tongues, I feel sad for them. Immediately, I want to pray for them to receive that gift. Yes. The power I saw 
I don't think there's anything in the world that is maybe maybe, maybe nuclear weapon. <laughs> Everything is appeared. When I was praying for someone, I was speaking to him, I said, don't speak that language. Don't speak that language. Don't speak that language. The person started vomiting things. Oh, yes. You can't serve God without this. Your closeness to God. That's why from time to time, God will call Moses. Say, come. And when you come, come alone. He will be with him. 40 days, 40 nights. And when he returned, the Bible says the children of Israel could not behold the face of Moses. I'm telling you, it's a mighty foundation. It's a mighty pillar. Satan has no respect for anything except the power of God. He doesn't have respect for all the noise you make and even you can quote scriptures. He He still has no respect for it. When Moses went to see Pharaoh, he said, look, I don't have respect. Who is this, your God? Is he powerful than me? Is he powerful than my God? Moses said, yes. Prove it. He threw his stick down there. It turned into a snake. It's oh, This one is no be anything. Hey, my magicians, come, 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 come. This guy says that his God is powerful than us. And this is what he has done. These things are common in our ministry. They also threw down their salt. It turned into snake. But the snake Moses swallowed. That's power over all the powers of the devil. Power over all the powers. You see, we are in a world today where the normal evangelism of talking to people doesn't work. Power. Bible says the people shall believe in the days of his power. Peter went to the house of Aeneas who has been paralyzed for days, he looked at him and said, Aeneas, Jesus make you whole. And the Bible said he was lifted up and he stood on his feet. And the whole city came and believed in Jesus. One day, a certain brother, I was preaching a convention like that. The Lord spoke to me that tomorrow, anybody who has a family member suffering from epilepsy. They should bring the person to church. So the next day, this brother had a cousin who had epilepsy. And the attack, the epilepsy attack comes only at 2 a.m. Every day, 2 a.m. So in the family, they have assigned people each day. So 2 a.m., you have to be awake to sit there. So when it comes, at least you watch him. You watch her, sorry. So they brought this sister. Come and see the power of God. She was delivered when she went home. As usual, at 2 a.m., they woke up to check on her. She was still sleeping. The next day, she was still sleeping. They waited for two weeks. They, were, they, they couldn't believe it. All her life. All her life. 2 a.m. The whole family, cousins, nephews, niece, everybody came to church. Today, today they are all in church. Tell somebody you need this foundation. And the seventh foundation I want to leave with is the foundation of honoring. 
honoring our prophets. Honoring the person whom honor is due. Hallelujah. This is a very important foundation. Honoring brings anointing. Honoring does what? Brings the anointing. And I want you to have this foundation as a major foundation in your life. As a Christian, as a pastor, as a leader, as anybody whom God is going to use. You have to honor the anointed and his anointing. Hallelujah. I know you have heard a lot of messages about this, but many of us have still not understood the way you understand it. Hmm? Anything you don't honor will be passed from you. You see, like Jesus, when God anointed him, the first group of people he thought of was his own people. Bible says, and he returned from Jordan with the spirit of his might. He came in the fullness of the anointing after waiting on God for 40 days and 40 nights. Then he went to Nazareth where he was brought up. His own people. Because when you have something good, you want to send it to your people first. Where he was brought up, that's where he decided to go first. Then he went to church to announce himself that the spirit of the Lord is upon him and that God has anointed him with power. power. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all them that were oppressed. Then he went and he told the people, I'm here to help you. That was when they were filled with anger. They took him from the pulpit, drove him out of the church to go and kill him, and he disappeared. They rejected the anointing. Another time, he went back again, and he was, ah, carpenter's son, carpenter's this, carpenter's that, your brother here. Listen, you see, you should never, ever relate with the man of God in the flesh. As well as those of you who have the opportunity to be around BH and any pastor. Be very careful. Because Bible says that a high priest is taken from amongst men, not from amongst angels. So anybody who is a high priest, a man of God, a prophet, a messenger of God, first of all, he's a man. So he has his human part. But he's of God. That's why he's a man of God. He's a man, but he's of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And as a Christian, your eyes must be fixated to the divinity of God's servant, not his humanity. And don't let his humanity affect his divinity in your own eyes. Because if you were with Jesus, you see Jesus snoring, sleeping. Do you understand? Feeling hungry. One day he was hungry. He just plucked somebody's corn from his maize farm. 
And the people said, this is not right. This is not right. Please, you should have informed, you should have informed the owner, the owner of the farm. Then he said, have you forgotten how when David was also hungry, even though he was not a priest, he went into the, the chapel and the, he went and took some of the bread of the priest. Do you remember that story? Yes. They both say yes, then they were quiet. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you have to behold the glory, the grace, the anointing, and honor it, cherish it, value it. Let it be everything to you. Hallelujah. When prophet came to have a camp with us, when he was leaving, I went to talk to one of his secretaries. I said, the camp t-shirt that that he wore, can I have it? He says, I'll find out. I got it. I've not washed it for four years now. I mean, how can I wash it? When I enter my study room, that's what I wear. I wear it to pray, to, 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 to seek the face of God. Oh, yes. I've worn my wife and everybody said, this shirt, nobody should touch it. That's how I value the anointing on his life. Are you here? I've gone home. You must be crazy for anointing of ah, power, grace. Like Bia was sharing with you, grace you have to find is on somebody. You have to tap into it. And you must apply all the spiritual protocols to tap into some little grace that is upon the anointed. And your life will change forever. Whatever you have to do when you meet the anointed and you are interested in his anointing. Ah. You must be desperate. You know, recently we were, we were in London and bishops and the prophet. If you see BH, we were fighting, me and him. But of course, I won't become his big brother. We're taking pictures with prophets. This is. So I was strategically, prophet will be doing the, the panorama. Because we were a big group. And then when it gets to a point, then somebody, maybe like a group like this. So he take the panorama from this side. Then there's somebody at the end there. When it gets to the middle, he will come, she will come and take the camera to continue. And then prophet will come and stand so that he'll be in the picture. So I will strategically position myself where I know prophet will come and stand. And the pictures were a lot of pictures. Then BH will come. I beg you. I beg you. I beg you. This, this one, let me stand. I said, you, you will never stand here. He begged me. Uh, I think I gave you one opportunity. <laughs> strategically, I wanted his body to touch me. I just wanted to, to feel something to touch me to do something if I can if I can the, the hem the, the, the hem just the hem just just the hem the hem of his garment 
But you see, of all the people were there, it was only BH who was like here. He saw the, what was happening. So he said, oh, I beg you, I beg you, let me ask you. I said, you have to bribe me. I would not allow you to. We are walking on the street of my, my eyes was on anointing. My eyes were on the greatness and the power that is upon this prophet. That if he can stand by me and just his body to touch me, it was enough. It was enough. It's a foundation. So you see me standing here preaching to you. Wisdom has hinged to himself seven pillars. I will travel anywhere he is to be there. He will come to Durban every year. I will drive nine hours to Mozambique, go to another country, cross borders, just to go and be there and to see him. And many times after the meeting are over, he said, Apachika. He will invite me to study room. I'll be sitting there. I've been looking at him. You have no idea. So if you take away that foundation, I'll be nothing. The honor, the admiration, the love. You should never lose it. I said, you should never lose it. Then you honor it. You don't just admire, you honor it. Sometimes with your substance. Most times with your substance. And in most cases, with your substance. I don't know whether you are the right people to hear this type of thing. I don't, I'm not sure whether you are the right people to hear this type of things. Some of you. You are good Christians, but you are not good givers. You are good admirers of the prophet, but you are not give. You are not good givers of your substance to honor the prophet. But both work together, admiring and giving. Do you understand? Any man of God, any man of God, you admire the grace of God upon his life. The anointing of God upon his life. I am telling you that these two things, admiring the person and then giving to honor the anointing. You see, when you give to a man of God, you are not giving to meet his needs. You are honoring the gift on his life. You are saying that God, what a gift you have placed on this person. It's so admirable that I just want to honor him with my little substance. That's how the oil now flows. Are you here? I'm going home. Yeah. It should be one of your greatest pillars in your life. I remember years ago, Henry would call me and say that, what do, you, what do you think I should do? I said, honor. Now he has taken it to work out. Oh, yes. He has taken it to work out. That's how the anointing comes. That's how you also become relevant. That's how you also become great. That's how kind of this anointing will also come upon you. 
my prayer for you is that you see, especially all of us here, you know, we are we are young people. You understand? There are some things you have to start early. I started honoring prophet when I was a student in 2002, and I've never honored him with local currency before, even at a, as a student. I would change my money into dollars. I remember my first seed was two dollars. One dollar, two. I went to the market to exchange it. I put it on an envelope. Then I move on to five. Do you understand? One figure, then I went to double figure. Then I went to three, three figures. Do you understand? It's like the, 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 Honoring must, must, it must never be the same. You should get to a place where I don't give three figures. Three figures is what? 100, 150, 200, 300, four. you move to now four figures, 1,000, 1,500. When the time comes, you move to five figures. You shall be there in the name of Jesus. And all these things, you see that I Growing, the anointing is also growing in your life. You are honoring the gift that the anointing. You don't need it. As God has blessed him. He's in Ghana. He's actually, you and I, we need the oil. The Bible says the less is blessed of the better. I am less in the anointing. He is better in the anointing. So if there's someone who has to be blessed, it's me. So I have to tap into that grace. Tap into that oil. That's why we have honor your perfect campaign. It's a campaign to bless you and to let you grow in the oil and the favor of the power and the grace that's upon his life. Are you here? You have gone home. Yes. And you must do it at all levels. You have BH with you here. You have to honor the gift and the anointing that is on his life. Yes. Jesus said that he that received you has received me. If you honor him, you have honored the prophet also. It's like that. Jesus said, if they despise you, they have despised me. The opposite of honor is despisement. So when you despise the one who has been sent to you, you have despised the one who sent him. And the word of God cannot be broken. He says, if you dishonor me, I will also lightly esteem you. Let, let me show you how to, how to honor your pastor. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. Sit down, I'm ending. My time is up. We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you. The, ne the next verse. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. You must esteem your pastor highly, very highly, in love for their sake. Can you give another version? Very highly. Say very highly. Very highly. You have seen them very highly in love because of their work. Another version. Hmm. 
must always have different verses so you understand that. Hold them in very high and most affectionate esteem. Amen. Most affectionate esteem. Appreciation of their work. In appreciation of their work, be at peace among ourselves. If you don't have any reason to honor BH here, just for the sake of the work he's doing. Look at you sitting here. He has brought me all the way to be here with you. Share with you about seven foundations that you must build your life on in this ministry. And let me tell you, when you obey the scripture, you are at peace. The scripture cannot be broken. If it is in the word of God, just do it. Just do it. You are at peace. You'll be at peace as soon as you follow what is written in the Bible. Hallelujah. And as you do, you'll be surprised. God will take you to places. God is about to elevate you. To make you a man and a woman of dignity and honor. The Lord is about to enlarge you. The Lord is about to announce your ministry. Like Jesus' ministry was announced. He said, this is my well beloved son. Hear him. Some of you, when you leave this place, the Holy Spirit is going to announce you on your campus. The Holy Ghost is going to announce you in your city. The Holy Ghost is going to announce your coming that this is my well beloved daughter. This is my well beloved son. I've anointed him. Therefore, listen to him. God is going to gather people to come and listen to you. Lift up your hands and just pray and thank the Lord for this meeting. And pray for the anointing right now. We are ending. Pray for all these foundations. Wisdom has him to himself seven pillars. Pray for the pillar, the pillar and the foundation of sacrifice. The foundation of lay ministry. You'll be a good lay minister. You'll be able to balance your time with ministry and do it with, with ease and with effectiveness. Pray that you have the foundation of giving and tithing. Pray that you have the foundation of loyalty, that you be faithful until death. Pray, pray that you have the pillar and the foundation of closeness to the Lord. Pray that you be the type that honors. You have this foundation in your life that you always honor the anointed and his anointing. All the days of your life, these pillars will not be missing. These pillars will not be missing in your life. These pillars will not be missing in your life. These pillars will not be missing in your life. In the name of Jesus. Ah, pray that you have these pillars in your life. Mention the pillars and talk to God. And say, Lord, I need these pillars. 
I can't do well without these pillars, Lord. Oh, Father, may these pillars be practically implemented in our walk with you, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Sanlabrose karabrababa. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away. So you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away. So you sing it again and say, I give myself away. I give myself away. myself away so you can you here I am here I am here I stand Lord my life is in your hand Lord I'm longing to your desires within me. I give myself away. I give myself away. I give myself away. So you, so you can use me. Can use me. Oh, I, I give myself away. Give myself away so you can take my heart. Come on, take my life as a living sacrifice. All my dreams, all my plans. Lord, I praise them before you. I give myself away. I give myself away. I give myself away. So you, so you can use me. Can use me. I give myself away. Let it be a prayer. It's a prayer of consecration. Come on. 
I give myself away. So you take my heart. Let's sing it one more time. Take my Tell him to take your life. As a living sacrifice. All my dreams, all my plans, Lord, I play them in your hands. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can you for the last time I give myself away I give myself away so you can use me Him, your life is not your own. Life is not my own. To you, I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. For the last time, say, My life is not my own. Thank you, Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you. Just like you chose your disciples, you have chosen us, chosen your children. You separated us from our mother's womb. Lord, you did not call it only us. Called many. A few have chosen. Because few have responded. Thank you that you made a way for us to respond. To come to you. Thank you that you made a way for us to be chosen. 
become shepherds, essential leaders, pastors, TSOs, bishops, reverend ministers. We are grateful. We are grateful. Father, we have learned about these seven pillars, important pillars. Grant everyone the grace to have these pillars in their lives, in their ministries, and in their work with you. I plead with you, O Lord, that you draw us closer, closer to yourself. We'll be closer to you as never before. We'll spend time with you as never before. Your word says that we should draw near unto you, and you shall be drawn near unto us. Enoch walked with God, and he was not in that he died. He was taken away. He did not die. He that walks with the wise shall be wise. You are the wisest. You are the most high God. You are all power. No wonder when Enoch walked with you, he couldn't die because you are eternal. When we walk with you, our ministry will not fizzle out. Our ministry will not fade. Because you are eternal. And that whatsoever you do is forever. Therefore, help us to walk with you. And not to be with the disciples who walk no more with you. They were not close with you anymore. And that was the last time we heard of them. He became nothing. But the 12 who walk with you, you remember them. The Bible says when they saw the boldness of Peter, James, and John, they took notice of them. That these men were unlearned people. Yet, because they have been with Jesus, they saw the power, the glory, the boldness, the authority of which they speak. They will become men of authority. We men of authority. That when we speak, people will follow. People will respond. Just because we have been with you. Whatever represents obstacles, impediments, difficulties, bad habits, laziness that deprives us of your presence and of being with you. Father, like Moses lifted up the rod, I lifted the rod of the word of God and I say in the name of Jesus that obstacle is taken away from the lives of your people. In the name of Jesus Christ, I see God raising people who are going to become God lovers, addicts of God's presence. They will want nothing but His presence. They will be in need of nothing except His presence. May you be one of such people in the mighty name of Jesus. That one day, when you enter into a place, 
it shall be said of you that you carry something. One day I went to a shop to go and buy a furniture, a mattress with my assistant pastor. When we entered the shop, there was nobody there. The owner of the shop kept looking at us, kept looking at me. Few moments after, so many people started coming to the shop. When it was time to pay, the man said, Sir, who are you? He was a Muslim man. I said, Why are you asking him? He said, When you entered into my shop, I felt that there was something. It's like you have come with many people into the shop. I've been looking at you and I've been wondering who is this man? No wonder after you came here, look at my shop. People hardly come here, but look at it now. Do I feel the shop? He said, I don't know who you are. I want to give you a 50% discount. And I said, I'm a pastor. He said, no wonder. I pray for you that today, anywhere you find yourself, your presence will be known because you carry the presence of the Most High. John Noss will sit in a train from Scotland to England and people will be walking on the street and falling under the power and they will be asking, what is happening? And they say, it looks like John Knox is in, in the city. There were people who carried God's presence because they knew God that they were close to God. That they would go to a city and people are getting convictions and they are giving their life to Christ. I pray for you that as you spend time with God, that you become God's friend and you come closer to God. Anywhere you go, in the campuses, in people's rooms and hostels, the presence of God on your life will convict sinners. People will come to your meetings and they will surrender their lives. People will sit in your meetings they will be weeping and crying. You will not touch them, but God's presence will touch them. Come on, pray for his presence. I just want to be where you are. Just pray for his presence and let them sing. No drums.
you, Jesus. Thank you. Jesus went to the Mount of Transfiguration. Spent time with his God. He took Peter, James, and John. And there, the power of God came. Then appeared Elijah and Moses. And the Bible said his raiment became white. Let's joy. He was transfigured. His presence will transfigure you. To change you. It will make you glorious. Bible says, and Moses was 120 years old. Yet his natural form was not abated. Neither was his eye dim. The presence of God will forever make you look young. Attractive. Strong. Right now, as you are here, his presence is here. I pray that you be transfigured in the realms of the spirit. Your work with God will improve. Something you couldn't do before, you're able to do it. Because God is releasing grace. There's grace in His presence. There's grace in His presence. I want to be where you are. Let's have your hands. Thank you. pray over oil and when we end the service and you are leaving I would like the ashes to hold the oil at the entrance you will dip your finger in and you put the oil on your forehead can I have oil to have oil can you put it in a bowl or something I'm seeing a church with so many young people and they are all kneeling there and worshiping and the Lord said to me I'm raising true worshipers out of this meeting for God is a spirit and they that worship him Worshiping truth and strength. The hour cometh, and now is when the true worshipers shall 
worship the Lord in truth and in spirit. You are going to leave this place as one of the true worshippers. You are going to be addicted to God's presence so much that you are addicted to his activities. So far, many have been addicted to his activities, but not to his presence. But God is changing that. You become like Moses. So it was said of Moses. Moses knew the ways of God, but the children of Israel knew his acts. It is only when you are close to God that you know his ways. His ways produces the acts. You become as one of those people that you feel so sick and so sinful when you have not spent time, quality time with the Lord. You feel so guilty going to preach when you have not spent time with God. Because God is changing something inside of you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today. As you have instructed me, I pray over this oil. I invoke your power and your presence over this oil. Now let it be a token, a token of your presence that as your people touch this oil and place on their forehead, They are marking themselves as one of the true worshippers who are going to worship you in truth and in spirit. That they are going to become spiritual men and women. Men who will be addicted to your presence and to your power. Men who will spend quality time with you and hear you speak to them as a friend speaker to a friend. I thank you that these ones are going to become able ministers. Ministers of your spirit and not of the flesh. For they will minister out of the spirit. For the flesh profited nothing, but it is a spirit that quickened. May they be quickened by your spirit. Lord, they will know you as never before. They will experience you as never before. They will walk in your power as never before. They will be men of influence and affluence. It will be said of them that these people who turn cities upside down have come here also. I pray by this oil, I pray that they shall be city changers. They shall turn cities upside down. They shall turn campuses upside down. They shall rally multitudes to Christ. In the name of Jesus. I pray. With this oil. May they be unstoppable. May they be unquenchable. May their light never be dimmed. May their path never be dark. May the ground beneath them never be slippery. With this oil, I pray that you shall enlarge their feet, that they shall not slip and fall. In the mighty name of Jesus, let everybody say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So when we share the grace, when we share the grace, when we share the grace, please, no music, no jiggy Be in the spirit. The oil will be at the entrance. You just dip your hand in, apply it. Therefore, I bless it. Something is happening in the realms of the spirit. Lift up your hands one more time. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this glorious moment, glorious opportunity to be in your presence. All these hours have been worth it because we have been with you, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Like it was said of Peter, James, and John, that they have been with you. As we leave this place, let people know that they have been with you. Like Moses said, if you don't give us your presence, how would the people on the face of the earth be able to know that we have been with you? Let demons even recognize that we have been with you. Let our roommates, our housemates, recognize that we have been with you. May we carry your presence with us. Your presence is heavy. Any place we enter, may it be as though we have entered with 1,000 people. Thank you, Father. For if you be for us, who can be against us? Like Elijah said to his servant, we and God are the majority. They that's with us more than they that are with them. We are with you, Lord. The whole, the whole host of angels. Let it be the portion. Ah, now I'm seeing an angel. I just saw a little angel that has just entered the room. I was just about to close and I saw this angel. And I'm asking the Lord, what is this angel doing here? <laughs> Suddenly, I'm seeing the angel with parcels that are shining. And the Lord is saying to me, Rabushitaya Karataya. Don't look around. I've seen this little angel with so many parcels, shiny parcels. And the Lord is saying to me that I'm here to bless my people with gifts. Not just spiritual gifts, but gifts. 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 Different gifts. Some of the passes look small. Some look big. I'm seeing somebody, the Lord is putting a big parcel in your hands. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, look at it. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. More than 100 people whose hands are lifted up. And the Lord is putting, the angel is putting different gifts. Parcels, 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 parcels. 
I don't know what these gifts are, but God is doing something wonderful, something beautiful. Ah, Marati Atorati Setele Marata Lakarata Remasita Lala. Look at the wind that is blowing. There's a wind that is blowing the atmosphere. A certain wind is blowing. La Libarata Likara Shandalibara. The presence of the angel is so tangible. Li Rakita Ratu Sita Limarata Lebata. <laughs> uh, some people are laughing in the realms of the spirit. Some people are beginning to laugh. They are, they are laughing not because they want to laugh, but something is tickling them because the joy of the Lord has come. Something they have been waiting for the Lord for a long time. Suddenly the angel has placed it and it's a sign of jubilation and congratulation. God is going to make them to laugh uncontrollably. Their cheeks are being filled with laughter. <laughs> <laughs> something you have been waiting for, something you have been believing God for. Sometimes you wonder whether it will be happy to happen, but it's happening. I saw a little angel, he just entered the room as I was about to close. And he's still giving, 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 giving things, giving things. Hey, receive your part, receive your portion. Rabbit of a sita lava rata. I saw somebody with a golden card. A golden card. And on that card, I saw the word congratulations. Congratulations. You receive message of congratulations when you are promoted. When something amazing happens, when something supernatural happens, receive your portion. giving pastor he just disappeared now i've seen a second angel this second angel is holding a bottle of oil a bottle of oil anointing for ministry 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 Anointing for ministry. Anointing for ministry. I hear it in the spirit. Anointing for ministry is right here. Receive that grace. Glory. 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 Glory, 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 
God is releasing the spirit of prayer. That anointing, I saw that oil. Somebody is being oiled to pray. The spirit of intercession is being born out of your spirit. That's Lord. Father, I kneel before you. And I pray, Lord, for First Love Church, North America. Thank you for the prophecies that have come. prophecy of fruitfulness. I pray, Lord, let it be fulfilled. I stand here in this church as the headquarters of the first large church in North America. And I'm asking the Lord, you will do amazing things out of this place. This place being the seat of our bishop here, Bishop Henry. Let the river start flowing from here. And spread over. I pray the Lord before the year ends. May you give us a bigger place. Take us to a bigger place. The dream is big. The vision is huge. For we have come to a place of enlargement. You say, I'm the Lord that brought thee out of Egypt. Therefore, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Lord, stretch our faith by giving us a bigger place. Four times bigger than this room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I thank you for the life of Bishop Henry and his wife. I pray that Lord you keep them, protect them, preserve them. Let the vision you have given to our prophets be fulfilled in North America because of him. Continue to give him a faithful spirit. 
to continue to do the will of his prophets, which is your way, Lord. Anoint him more. Grace him more. Give him many gifts. Let the shepherding give be stronger on him. The leadership give be stronger on him. The prophetic give grow and increase. The pastoral gifts, the teaching gifts, the evangelistic gifts, the gift of miracles. Let it increase and grow stronger and stronger than ever before. Anoint his spiritual womb that he shall be a father of many children of different colors, of different races, of different tribes. In the mighty name of Jesus. Bless all them that will honor him. And also those who despise and contend against him. But you contend against such people. Raise an army of faithful men and women around him. That they will hold his hand. And take the battle to the gate of the enemy. That he may take more territories for you in this continent of the world in the mighty name of jesus make him a voice over this land one that will speak everywhere in every state one who will stand in the middle of the ocean and speak that his voice will be echoed across everywhere. I thank you. I bless you. I pray for all the pastors, all the shepherds, all the basemtal leaders. Lord, continue to anoint them and use them to fulfill their ministries. I pray for every member in the church that you will turn all of us into pitiful neighbors in your house. For you said in your word that other sheep you have, which are not of this fold, them also you must bring. And they shall be of this fold, and they shall have one shepherd. I pray every sheep that is connected to this family, we pray through your power, let them be drawn, that they will be part of this family. Let many children many daughters and sons, the young ones, the not so old ones, they come in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for everything. Bless these ones. Prosper them. Enlarge them. Favor them. Let them eat the good of this land. Let them become partakers of the treasures that you have deposited on this land. In the name of Jesus Christ, let them be exposed to the hidden riches of this country. Let them be partakers of this glorious blessing. Let them eat from the riches of the Gentiles. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. For you said in your word, he that repent, receive it with us. I pray that as they labor faithfully in your house and in your kingdom, may they not lose their reward. May they reap witches in different forms and in different ways. That it shall be said of them that God has favored these ones because 
they are his own. Thank you for hearing this prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a blessing. Hallelujah. I want to hand over the microphone to BH. Oh, come on. Is this how we appreciate the gift of God? Come on, let's put our hands together. Hallelujah. Amen. Is it a blessing? We don't want to go home, but everything that has a beginning also has an end. Amen. What you are feeling is the presence of God that makes a difference. And we must be used to the presence of God. That is why we must go. We must go and wait on God and seek his face. Amen. Well, I'm so blessed. I feel so um, I feel so equipped to do more for God. Hallelujah. How many of us also feel the same? I feel very equipped to know about the seven pillars of this ministry that has brought this ministry far. Amen. What is the first one? The foundation of sacrifice. Maybe just sit down for a minute. Those of you who are still in front, just sit wherever you are. The foundation of sacrifice. Are we going to sacrifice something? Are we going to lose something? Are we ready to lose something? Yeah, and sacrifice something and suffer for the Lord and also die for the Lord. Amen. One of the main things that I learned about this is that you're going to lose a lot of things as you serve God. Michael, uh, you're going to lose a lot of things, including losing your friends. If you are going to take, or I mean, if you are going to go far, you must be ready to lose some. I don't know what's happening. Don't change it. Amen. And then the other thing that I learned from this point is about dying. Dying. You know, when you are dead to yourself, you are not offended about many things. You are not so sensitive. Hallelujah. How many of us, sometimes we are very sensitive in a way. So I believe that God has given us the grace to die to ourselves. Hallelujah. What was the number two? The foundation of lay ministry. Please, if you can take off the, the front, please. The foundation of lay ministry. Doing the work of God without pay. Number three is what? The foundation of giving and tithing. Hallelujah. Number four is what? The foundation of loyalty. I believe that this is a very important one there. Very, very strong. And loyalty means what? To be the same. You know? Yeah, being the same. And then also try, try to be the same. And the fifth one is the foundation of remembrance. I, I don't know, but I believe that the fourth and the fifth one 
really move together. Hallelujah. Remembering things, I believe, you know, is the is I mean, it's one of the most important things like to do in your life. Sit down sometimes and write some of the things that you remember that have been done for you. Sit down and think about these things. These things mean that those things that you may not really want consider. These things, write them down. It's the key to what loyalty, remembrance is the number one key to what being the same. Yeah. Remember, 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 remember. I believe that it, you will do well. Amen. I don't know about you, but I feel so blessed. I feel so, I mean, equipped. And I feel that many of us, after 10 years, after 15 years, you look back and say, wow, these keys have been a blessing to me. Yeah, Michael. Yeah. You see, many of us are going to have a very good life. Yes. Oh, I don't know whether you heard me. I said many of us are going to have many, what, big, uh, what, very good life. And then what actually was trying to say is that you are going to have a very big church. Many people are going to be, yes, are going to be mega church pastors. You see? Wait, 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 wait. Let me tell you something. In our ministry, our prosperity is in doing the work of God. That's the secret. Yeah. Our prosperity is linked to doing the work of God. So everybody here, a center leader, whatever it is, but by all means, do something for the Lord. And whatever you'll be doing, you'll be very fruitful. I say you'll be very fruitful. Yeah. But the key, you see, so when you are there and you are big, the key to keep you humble, to still what? Attract the grace of God is humility. Because he gives grace to what? The humble. Because you'll be big. Say to your neighbor, you'll be big. Say to your neighbor, I'll be big. Yes. And when you are big, you need something to help you cool down. And that something is the key of what? Remembrance. Remember. 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 In the name of Jesus. And then the sixth one is the foundation of closeness to Oh, this one was too much. This one, oh, put your hands together. This one was too much. Hallelujah. Is it wonderful? Closeness to, to God. Hallelujah. Are you ready to go home? Hey, we have to go home. Early would I seek thee. My soul thirsted for thee, and my flesh longed for thee in a dry and thirsty land. Amen. Yeah. There are some of us, we are thirsty for things. But you must be thirsty for the presence of God. Yes. Sometimes you must just, just want to just go home. You see, that's why, you see, that's why there are some people I tell you, just don't go anywhere. Stay home. And you don't understand why. Yeah. Just stay. Stay home. Stay home means stay home to be around. And not just to watch what? Netflix, Amazon, Prime, Hulu, and then what else? 
Disney Plus. I like that one is for children, or it also has movies in it. Oh, <laughs> stay home. Just stay home means just just be around and just enjoy the presence of God. Sometimes stay in your room. There, are, look, there are many of you with your own rooms. Enjoy it. You have your own room. There are days that you must be there seven hours. And you see, if you are going to be used by God, one of the signs that I will see about you is that you are used to just being alone. Uh, you are used to being alone and being a man of prayer and a man of waiting on God, eating the word, listening to preachings, interested in books, and you are talking about, yeah, that's somebody that God is going to use. And this is what these days we don't have. And we're, and we're always on our phones. TikToking, Facebooking, Snapchatting. That's why all these, all these other things are also coming in. Because as we are TikToking, then somebody gets, some, something comes up. Before I realize, it tickles you. And it dries you up. Then it changes the mood into something else. And suddenly, instead of being alone with God, you are now alone doing things to yourself. May you never be alone doing things to yourself in the name of Jesus. I said, may you never be alone doing things. The days of doing things to yourself is over. The days of masturbation is over. The days of watching porn is over. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Why? Because the presence of God will be there. The presence of God will be with you. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Yeah. So allow God to work on you by being in his presence. And then the last one is the foundation of honoring. Hallelujah. I believe that if we can Master these seven things, you go far. Yes, master these things. And I feel that I learned about honoring from, from him. I was, yeah, I, I was actually wondering where I learned how to change citizens. Today he has said it. I now, I now remember how. I now remember. <laughs> because how, yeah, because I also really. I was always trying to do that. I never wanted him. Uh, I now know the reason. I now what? Remember. Hallelujah. But it's a blessing. Look, you will go far. I feel there's a presence here. And the reason why I'm talking is so that it will soak into us. You will enjoy before you leave. And just as Bishop Apache said, it's very, before you go, keep one, one finger. Don't come and suck it into your head. One finger like this. And you put it here. Don't take the bowl away. That's it. Are you seeing? Just one very quick one like this. Don't come and do, don't, don't stare. It's for many people. So, Actually, please, this finger, try and clean it a bit. I don't know where you have, whatever. 
explain it a bit <laughs> and dip it quickly. Hallelujah. So you see, it's a lot. So I don't know. That's one thing. It's a lot. You see the way it is. So don't come and whatever. So pastors, come quickly. Just, just, just stop it and go. One, one, one. I'm giving the pastors the honor and the privilege. And do it solemnly with reverence. Jesus, pastors, as you are coming, you are praying in the spirit. Move quickly. Look, none of you would be small. None of you will have small churches. And there are graces here. Look, let me tell you, one of the things I saw as Bishop Apache was reading his testimony, I saw, you know, I just didn't want to say, but I saw a lot of missionaries who spoke different languages. I don't know who it is. I saw people here, you'll be speaking different languages. Yeah, you'll be, yes, you'll be preaching in different languages. I don't know who it is. Yes. Hey, isn't it wonderful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the pastors who came, I saw something. I said like this. <laughs> yeah. You do like this. Take your time. Hallelujah. What do we say to Bishop Apache? And God bless you. May the Lord replenish everything that we have lost. We pray that as you have given to us, God will give back to you good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Bible says that the liberal soul shall be made fast, and he that what watereth shall himself be watered also. Father, we thank you. Lift up your hands and bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Basa rakasike talashivre tatora basilas. All of you, please go back a bit. Go back a bit. Pastors, just pastors, come in front very quickly. I wanted Bishop Apache to just, just say a prayer on him because I feel we need some healing. Give him, give him away. I just wanted him to just speak a word of prayer if possible. Yes. Hold up like that. Hold up like that. Hold up like that. Hold up like that. In the name of Jesus. You know, the anointing is very strong in the room. Receive the deal. See rain, it's raining on you, but it's falling like a dew. 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 Oh yes, Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you. The dew of heaven. The dew of heaven. That makes every plant to flourish. To remain green that makes the grasses remain green and fresh that's what you are receiving right now 
Oh, yes, Lord. Dew of heaven. Dew of heaven. Water them, Lord. Let them become like watered plants, watered grasses, watered lilies. No more barrenness. They shall not be deficient in producing many children. They shall not be sterile. In the name of Jesus, their productive organs are receiving freshness and grace. Many pastors will come out of you. Many shepherds will come out of you. Many children will come out of you. Even missionaries will come out of your churches. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. No more barrenness. And they said to Rebecca, Thou art our sister. Be therefore a mother of thousands of millions. I bless you that you be a mother of thousands of millions. That in your lifetime as a minister, there shall be thousands of children. One day in your old age, your sons and daughters in the ministry will gather around you. They will honor you. Not because you are an old man, but because you have been a good father and a good mother. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. None of you will die young. None of you will die prematurely. The Lord himself will keep you. protect you. You will not fail in ministry. You will not be discouraged in ministry. The hand of God is on you. Therefore, you are going back as one that has been equipped, fortified, sanctified, prepared, and meet for the master's use. You shall not be a vessel of clay nor a vessel of wood, but it shall be a vessel of gold, and a vessel of silver. Be precious to the Lord. May his treasure be found in you as an earthen vessel, that the excellency of his power will be of God and not of man. Become a flame, flaming fire. Ah, Tomorrow when you stand to minister in church, may the eyes that behold you say, something has changed about our pastor. Our pastor is not the same again. May they see glory in you. May they see power in you. May they see grace on your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Please go back to your seat.
I'll keep clapping, click, keep clapping. Hallelujah. Before we go, I feel like, like us taking an offering. Take it quickly, take it quickly. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me fall. Sit down. You see, I am taking my time right now to take the offering, and this is what we are doing. Right after, please, I'm not meeting anyone at all, because as you can see, the way it is. Uh -huh. So, this is the time that we have. All right. If you, if you, if you, if you really want to see yourself or whatever, you have one minute. <laughs> one minute. Okay. So that is it. So pick out your offerings and lift it up, Lord. The Bible says that your prayers and your arms have come to God as a memorial. So if you if you need an envelope, lift up your hands. Everybody give something, even if it's, it's a dollar, it's a dime, whatever you want to give. Because I feel a certain spiritual greenness here. It's a good soil. Pick up your offering. Those of you who are giving $100, come forward. Anyone who is giving $100, just come forward. Just come forward. I'm not calling out for hundred. If you are giving a hundred, don't go. Just stay here. If you, if you, if you also haven't, if this is the today, you have done it already. Don't do twice. I said one, one finger. God bless you. May you enjoy the graces of this. I need somebody to help me here. May you enjoy the graces of the ministry in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is, the financial grace, whatever it is, be blessed in Jesus' name. Go back, but please just come and tap the basket if you have it. Your finger, finger, just make sure. Very quickly, anyone who is giving 50, just come 50, 60, 70, 80. Whatever you are giving, just, I'm not calling out for that, but if that's what you are giving, as you come, two things, tap the basket and dip your finger, one, 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 very quick, very quick, whatever prayers have been said, make me whole, always, all right. All right. Father, we thank you. Bless you for each and every one of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go back. Make sure you tap the basket. Dip your finger. Hallelujah. What else should I say? What? 20, 20 will be too many. I want to 40 and 30 come. 40 and 30 come. And very quickly, so that we leave here, tap the basket. 
Will, I brought your finger. Very quickly. Still make still I walk. Fill my cup. Patricia, be fruitful. And make me whole to that. Very quickly. Archie, be blessed. Have the basket. Have the basket. Those on Zoom, I hear you are there. Don't worry. Give your offerings also be part of this grace. Be a partaker very quickly. Amen. Those with 20, come quickly, very quickly. Move with quick, with, with speed, please. Speed, 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 speed. Tap the basket. Tap it. And make me The Lord I got in the midst of thee. Everyone, make sure that you give something, whatever it is, and walk into this grace that is around this place. We're singing. Come on. Gently, gently, gently. Gently. One finger, please. Here with me. You might the way so everybody can learn it. Come with me, Lord. Come and be close. Come and be Honeymoon. Fresh from the moon. If you are giving 15 or 10, just come quickly. Very quickly. All right. I, I now need somebody to hold a bicycle so it moves quickly. All right. Be here. Be here. So tap it and move quickly. No talking, please. We are still in the school. That is what I need. 
Come on. Everywhere that I go. Very quickly. Every place that, that I, I am. I want to feel the presence of God. Standing right by me. Standing right by my side. You are here, oh Lord. Your presence, Lord. Very quickly, come on. That is what I need. Everywhere that I go. Reggie. Every place that I am. I want to feel the quickly we are almost done okay guys let's move leaving you yes and grace is coming upon you something you don't have is coming upon you every great every good and perfect gift is from the lord come on somebody you are you are being impacted with the spirit of wisdom Five dollars. Anyone who is giving five dollars, come quickly. Five dollars, two dollars, one dollar, whatever you are giving, just come now. I want to feel whatever you are giving. If you haven't come, just come now. Even them that are not giving anything, just come now. All right, come on. Every place that I am, I want to feel the presence of God standing right by me, standing right by me. By the time this offering is over. Everyone has the oil, so this is the time to come. Wow, this gives you a wow. You are, uh, they didn't hear one. Uh, all the kids are coming, hold it. I need somebody to hold.
Is he on? All right. Oh man. Uh, I just I, I was just trying to shout, but they don't want me to still. But it's powerful, amen. So God bless you. Let's put our hands together for all the pastors, all the pastors who came around. I can't acknowledge all of you. You are lost. So let's put our hands together. A lot of them have traveled from far west coast, Maryland, everywhere, Hawaii, Puerto Rico. Wow. It's a blessing. Amen. You must travel to the anointed, into the anointed place. There is a place that you have to go. Solomon went to Gibeon, that high place. So it's a blessing. Amen. Well, God bless you. Um, I don't want to take much of our time. No meetings, like I said. You want to uh, see me one minute max be in my office. I'm sure people will direct you there. But uh, I'm sure LPD go with Bishop Banks in the office. Come on, let's put our hands together. Uh, come on, let's give it up. Let's give it up. Isabel, okay. Come on, let's give it up. Let's give it up. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Amen. Is it wonderful? It's wonderful and powerful. So, look, let's use the anointing for works. Don't go and sleep on, I mean, don't go and sleep with this anointing. Mobilize people, evangelize. This is the time. That is why, let me tell you, the reason why we are closing it, you know that we don't close like this by this time. You know the way it is. Yeah. So, we are closing by this time because we want to prepare for tomorrow. Our services and whatever. I know some of us are driving three hours, four hours, and all of that. So that's why we are allowing us to close this early. Else, I think we should continue. Uh -huh. But we want to prepare for tomorrow. The anointing is for what? Works. Yeah. And you shall receive power after the what? Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be what? Witnesses. The anointing is not to just fill the presence of God. It's for works. Yeah, it's for works. So let's go. As we are in the cars going home, you are, you are mobilizing people. You are confirming more people. You try again. The people who didn't want to come, you try again. See, uh, it will not be easy at all. Try again. Say to your neighbor, try again. Yeah. And I feel that all of you, anyone who used to bust five people now, you're, you have increased in your authority. You have 10. Everyone here has double now. Double grace. Double grace. Double, 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 double. Seven is for everyone. Double grace. You have received double grace. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor, say to your neighbor, neighbor, I feel you'll be big. Say to your neighbor, I feel I'll be very big. And say to your neighbor, we must remember. We must be humble. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, remember base things. Remember the seven pillars. 
Ask your neighbor, neighbor, tell me one of the pillars that you learned. Tell me one of the seven pillars you learned. Loyalty. Remember. Yeah. Hallelujah. Go in safety. May the Lord be gracious to you and bless you and grant you peace. May he lift up his countenance over you. Let the lines fall upon you in pleasant places. Whatever struggles you came from, may those struggles be over for you. May the Lord show himself strong over your life. Be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish the place that God has given to you. Enlarge in those places. I said enlarge in the place. Become like Isaac that was fruitful until the Philistines began to envy him. Your prosperity will be an envious one. I said your prosperity will be an envious one. Do well. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I saw something, but I can't share it now. But you will do well. That's what I'll say. You will do very well. Stay humble. Stay in the grace. Stay connected. You can only do well. In Jesus' name. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Love of God. Communion. And the first love of the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind be with us now and forevermore. Many are called. Remember. Amen. All those from Philly, Worcester, Maryland, Atlanta, New Jersey, as you travel, travel safe, we'll meet again. Amen and amen. All right. God bless you. Thank you.